little break there guys we got the what's in the box the weekly segment where we show you something awesome that we have absolutely want to share with you it is not one of those things we're trying to show you that we have better comics than you we kind of just want to inspire you to find some great stuff that you're so just proud to have James Gunn first. and this brand new DC universe I'm, I'm screwing around not freaking uh this is a one Exactly. Freaking uh, Bob Barker is Batman. We have the scoop. Who's Batman next? But no, freaking uh, nah, man. I freaking went the other way. Actually, freaking they got this one a little bit ago. But I haven't got a chance to show it off yet. Freaking um, you know, not quite a Incredible Hulk one eighty one, but it is Iron Fist fourteen, first appearance of Sabretooth. Ah, freaking uh, pretty decent little copy I got here, if I do say so myself. Oh, that's gorgeous. Freaking, uh, nice little 30-cent piece. So, the only Iron Fish comic book I own, for obvious reasons. But, uh, I don't know, I didn't mind the TV show for what it was. I saw a couple episodes. Nothing yeah, it's not that fun. <laughs> it, wasn't, it didn't change the world or nothing, but it wasn't horrible. It served its purpose. I only yeah. watched like one or two as well. It yeah, just no, wasn't this my is, bag, no, but I'm glad like, it exists. Uh, like, I was kind of like Doug old school Sabretooth more so. And I've really I've enjoyed the Sabretooth they're doing right now with Sabretooth and the Exiles. Playing them up like more of a uh, more of an intelligent homicidal maniac instead of just kind of eat, kill, destroy. So... Ah, the old school stuff. We talked a little bit about it last week when I was telling you going through um, some of the old school Wolverine books. Uh, you know, the, the, I guess, sequel to Weapon X. I uh, still got to look at the timeline. You know, just him figuring out the memories of like how uh, Sabretooth was back when they were on the same team working for Department H. And I felt that it was a more well-rounded character uh, as opposed to just being like that jerk that shows up every now and then. You're right. Like, he did... What happened to him? They wronged him, man. I still... I'm still not happy with how they wronged him, man. Like, he, he executed the mission. He gets back and they... He had already killed that human. That wasn't fair. And they get... He gets back and freaking yeah. the rules like, yeah, we don't kill you humans. You want to play by Bye. your rules. You just like, change your rules. We're going to make an example. He's like, I did everything you told me to. <laughs> like... 
Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm a real big uh mm-hmm. yeah, kind of sounds like Chuck and old with the uh, the last year Maggie and a half there. or so of really kind of digging into getting older books. Really kind of found myself really digging into the Rogues Gallery quite a bit. And you know, definitely with Batman's and the freaking the uh, a lot of the X-Men books I have have a lot of key for yeah, you've, got a, you've got a serious good collection. Appearances of, you know, top tier villains. So, you know, if you're going to be an X-Men villain collector, you know, Sabretooth is definitely at the top of the list. So. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's just it's just kind of fun to think that he's actually he's definitely didn't just debut sure. as Wolverine's arch nemesis. Definitely in the top ten. So I think that's kind of. Kind of fun, same way how Wolverine didn't debut into the X Men. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a fourteen. What issue? What issue of Iron Fist was that one more time? So it just proves our point. You gotta keep up with your books because it's not just gonna be a number one that's gonna happen. It's not just gonna be a number one where something like that happens or a twenty-five or a seventy-five. You gotta, you gotta put just like with everything else in life. You gotta put the work in and have some faith in your investment. And you know, there's some Iron Fist yep. collectors out there that you know paid off like crazy, while they were just simply loving their favorite Iron Fist guy. Even though I've never met a yep. guy that loved the Iron Fist. Over he's a shame. She, he's all right. Even then, if they do, I hope you're out there. It's a great character. <laughs> but nonetheless, what uh, what's yeah, in your box? <laughs> but he's. He's so cool, man. Uh, I have a moral lesson in my box. I got two books here. Uh, I've talked a little bit about this before, definitely off camera. I've got a uh, Gen Thirteen number one. We've got it's not the original. I've got the original Gen Thirteen number one with uh, freaking Jim Lee, but the the one that J. Scott Campbell did. And I've got an Evil Ernie book here, uh, just to. It's one of those necro colors, the silver, uh, chromium covers. This was uh, Pieces of Me number one. This one is straight out of the nineties, man, and it it's in great condition. It's black and white, and you know, old school, you know, crazy variant cover back when the chromium gimmick was like super over. But the the difference between these two books right here is that one is signed my Evil Ernie. By Mr. Brian Polito. My Gen 13 is not signed. Uh, Segwaying from wrestling is just, I was reading, you know, Hangman. He had, you know, a little bit of grief with a fan that inappropriately approached him uh, in a hotel. He didn't say he didn't sign the guy's, you know, stuff. But he definitely mentioned that if you see something on sale, bless you, if you see something on sale... Uh, that is not signed a particular way, that means that he was assaulted in a hallway uh, by an overzealous fan when he obviously was just, you know, trying to get some rest. And, uh, okay, and it got me thinking about my first interaction with J. Scott Campbell. And I was so excited to meet him, man. I had like three, four books I wanted him to sign. I, I just couldn't wait. I was so stoked that, you know, even though it was Denver Comic Con, I knew he lived here. And it was just, you know, he just had to take the light rail, depending on where he lives, uh, you know, straight to the convention center. But he was still there. And Colin and I were, you know, running around like madmen trying to get 
as much things as we could sign, talk to as many people as we can. And I stepped through a line of people that are in a major walkway. And when I stepped through them, I accidentally realized I stepped through straight in front of a table and I was directly in, the, in front of J. Scott Campbell. And I'm like, oh my God, like I was complete, I was starstruck. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I can't believe you're here. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like, like, I mean, I knew he was there, but like right there, right there. And uh, I didn't, I was so excited. I didn't see the line. I, I, I cut through people that are yeah. walking in droves to get to different places, like a major walkway, but I accidentally take one big step and cut in front of somebody and I'm just directly in front of him. And he looks up at me like just furious like you you cut the line and, and I realized I cut the line and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't realize I cut the line and I apologized to the guy I just cut in front of. The the guy to my right was a dude that would pay to get him like, you know, sign something or draw something. And he just gave me like just daggers for eyes. Like and I I, I, I hey, this was this was a mistake. I literally what I just told you. But he, he wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. Like, like if I bumped into Jericho and I'd be like, oh, my God, Jericho, it's you. And he gave me a look like, yo, Junior, like I'm, I need to get from yeah. here to here now. And I'd be like, I hope you have a good day, Mr. Jericho. Uh, good to bump, bump to you. Walk wet. But it, the, the disdain in his eyes, I'll never forget it. Like it, it ruined... Uh, it ruined my opinion of of uh, of his art. It ruined uh, all the years that I have wanted to establish a specific style of drawing. Yeah. Not to copy him, but if you look at something that J. Scott Campbell drew, that's mm-hmm. J. Scott Campbell. Oh, you know yeah. that's Junior Junior. Uh, that's Alex Ross. Um, it it hurt. Then. <laughs> Later on, like, I got back in line proper, and uh, I guess it was his dad, because there was an older gentleman uh, that was like, hey, didn't you see the sign? And I'm like, frick, what now, man? And uh, I, there's a sign I didn't even see to the side that said that he's no longer signing anything that you didn't just buy from him. And I'm like, I didn't see the sign, and he he sees me in line, like I should be. Yeah. And he gives me these eyes like, oh, it's you. And I just said, screw it. I'm out of here. I don't want to meet you anymore. And I uh, walked away to a better interaction of uh, Colin, uh, who had just uh, stopped to meet up with um, Jay Lee, who he paid for a commission to draw Namor. And the complete opposite interaction. And, you know, I go up to Colin. He realizes I'm with Colin. You know, that's my buddy. Take some photos of him you know, together with the drawing. And then the what's in the box is comparison to the Evil Ernie book here that Mr. Yeah. Polito signed for me. When I met him, I, you know, I did see the line this time. Don't get me wrong. Like, I saw the line. I waited. But yeah, I marked out. And he he was having it. He gave me my moment. What felt like 25 minutes was probably five. Asked a ton of questions. He treated me like... He didn't treat me like somebody that... Oh, yeah, you should have bought my comics. Like, uh, I, I, I showed you my uh, Evil Learning trading card set. Like, is this the whole set? Is the Necro card in here? Great. Pull it, give it to me. Signs it. Signs the cover of the actual book. 
that you know the the case. Uh, I had a stack of mm-hmm. Chaos comics. He he already knew. I probably already had yeah. all the New Lady Death books. Of course I do. Uh, but I don't. He didn't look at me like, "Are you gonna buy something? Are you gonna buy something?" And my what's in the box is, they will always remember how you treat them. They will always remember how you treat them, whether it's like bumping into a wrestler, whether it's uh, you know meeting someone that you've admired as an artist. Um, obviously there's a, a fine line that some people do cross the line. Like I mentioned with hangman earlier, um, he didn't post the picture of the guy. He didn't roast him. He just, you know, didn't appreciate the interaction when it was obvious, you know, yeah. don't do it. But I, I stepped away from Campbell when I, when I realized I literally accidentally crossed the line. And, uh, I, I hope that this resonates for people that are, you know, fantasizing about being comic book artists or wrestlers. It doesn't matter where, where, when it happens. I mean, like Kurt Angle could have completely written you off, man. Like, uh, who was he with, uh, when you met him in the airport? Um, yes, <laughs> they, they could have chosen to be like, dude, get away from yeah. us. We're on the airplane. You know, we're trying to get our, our plane in, you know, we're not in the mood for this right now, but they didn't. They didn't. They gave you what they could. And obviously you you would have known better. I would have I would known if they would have felt the, bothered. You would have, have, have beat yourself out. Nice to meet you. Have a good, good night. You know, keep working. Awesome. Thank you. I've just been better at hiding it. I was tinier then. <laughs> as long as they don't see me. Yeah. There'd been nothing wrong with that as long as you didn't bother them. <laughs> you didn't get caught. I don't know why that like really kind of stuck out of me. Like I've had a lot of really negative interactions with human beings in the past couple of weeks. I can see lately. that. That makes sense. And uh, it's made all the the ones that are really good really shine. Really yeah. shine. Like Polito posted, you know, it's Lady Death Day. There's this new Kickstarter. You better believe I was one of the first ones to sign up. Jay Campbell. Yeah. Jay Scott Campbell posts something. I don't care. Want nothing to do with it. He might have been having a bad day. Yeah, I can see that. He doesn't owe me an apology. Jim Lee was such a nice guy. But that sucked. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Hey, remember that time we met him day. and got that awesome lithograph poster and all our X Men number one sign? I, yeah, that was that was an amazing time. That was a great way to start the day. Driving 99 miles an hour, an hour yeah. to Denver was it. definitely uh, it darn good time. an odd segue. <laughs> we made it. We made darn good time, man. Um, but like I said, I don't harbor yeah, any ill will towards guess, Scott man. Campbell. But it, like, going to be a public just, figure that you know that's part of the I job. I remember. And, you know, I'm sure some people definitely, you know, take advantage of it and come at you at the wrong times. But, yeah, I, you know, it's up to you how you handle those situations. Yep. But, yeah, we got some great comics to talk about today, man. Um, 
We've got Nightcrawlers, number one from Sins of Sinister series. Nightwing, 101. Superman, number one. Flash, number... Heading towards number 800. This is number... Oh, wow. Six away from... Yep. I mean, technically seven, but if in terms of physical things in your hand, six more. Um, yeah, let's go with Nightcrawlers. What do you want to do first? See, so we got a. So this is ten years after the initial starts of uh, the sins of Sinister, where Sinister takes over the world because he killed all the mutants, and or when he uh, when a mutant was resurrected on Krakoa, they had a little piece of Sinister in them. But we uh. We start out in the Sanctum Sanctorum, where Just a Banshee, bit. who is still inhabited by the spirit of uh, Variants, which is basically no Variants, no. basically the mutant cousin of the vengeance. spirit of Vengeance. Oh no, Variants! Yeah, you're, you're right. Variants, Variants. Yeah, sorry, I'm misspeaking. They're trying to get some uh, some magic to help them in their. Uh, fight against Sinister and their attacks. The Legion of the Night. So we've got... You're good. Sorry, I, yeah, I, um, I, no, like I said, I, I get excited. I, like, the, uh, the Legion of the Night attacks them <laughs> and it's all <clears throat> mutants that are or Chimera that are spliced together with Nightcrawler's DNA and then various other mutant DNA. So we've got a uh, got a Wolver or a Nightcrawler Toad. We've got a Nightcrawler Sabretooth, a Nightcrawler Spider Man, Nightcrawler Domino. It's like a Nightcrawler Pyro, and a, a Nightcrawler um, Laura Kenny Wolverine. Hundred percent Pyro. But we find out that uh, the scream of the spirit of vengeance variance um, actually can basically bring them to their senses and knock them out of a sinister's control. So by the time all said and done, uh, three of the Nightcrawlers, uh, the Nightcrawler Domino, the Nightcrawler Spider-Man, and the Nightcrawler, uh, Laura Kinney Wolverine, uh, have basically joined Banshee's, uh, joined Banshee's side. So they're, uh, they're Spider-Man is Wallcrawler. Uh, Laura Kinney is Wagnerine. And the Domino Nightcrawler is Auntie Fortune. Who's the um, the the Nightcrawler dude from oh, Generation M- X? M- M- I always forget his name. Got the gas mask on there. I don't know if he'd be like Wagplate, maybe. I don't know. Right. Emner. Either way, he never him. got a name. He's dead. <laughs> oh. So we end up on the uh, the former house of the <laughs> yeah, Summers family on the moon, and 
Banshee is sitting here talking with Mother Righteous. And they end up going in here. And the whole thing with Mother Righteous is she is another one of the Sinister clones. But she is basically um, basically the more faith she has or others have in her, the stronger she gets. And we go in there and she is sitting with two of the other Sinister clones. We've got, I uh, can never remember this guy's name, Orbis Stellaris. And Dr. Stasis. But we find out that these three Sinister clones are not working with the fourth Sinister. But she claims that unlike the other two, she does not believe, she knows she's a clone. And she does not have any uh, hidden agenda that she is, you know, the actual Sinister because she knows she's not. Card decks, the card deck, you know, hearts, aces, clubs. Um, he had a bunch of clones I, I, of Moira. I swear to you, man, this is, this is Moira. I mean, you like, know, didn't Sinister like have a, seven clones of Moira? Like a, a mixture win with Mystique or something, so that way she could shapeshift. I'm thinking Mystique uh, and the Red Asriel. I mean, she's well, got there's something, I mean, definitely, uh, something about Asriel like I'm seeing from it. Not just the eyebrows. I mean, it's, I never, I never got that hint just because she's, you know, Scottish. But <clears throat> yeah. But the faith. Remember I mean, the faith. That's the one uh, thing that Azrael has interesting more concept, than all. Which, you know, you're not, you, you may not be wrong. It's the faith. Yeah, Doctor Stasis unlo- unleashes all these uh, his own version of Chimera on uh, Banshee and Mother Righteous until the uh, the remaining members of the Legion of the Night come in and they destroy them basically. And we end up seeing this awesome scene where Doctor Stasis is going to kill. Um, the Laura Kinney Wolverine, uh, Laura Kinney uh, Nightcrawler, the Wagnerine. And she ends up, how Laura's got that third claw in her foot. We find out that this one's got the third claw in the tail. And ends up stabbing Dr. Stasis right through the head. <laughs> Not really. And we turn around and find out that uh, the, the older Sinister, Orbis Stellaris, is just sitting there watching him. Yep, just hanging out. Just chilling. His little, um, I don't know, what would you call it? The golden sphere of uh, oh, yeah. hexagons? I hadn't thought of that. It reminds yeah. me of what Phantomex has. You know the world. The 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 world. I mean, like, I mean, they, they've mentioned it more than three times about how obvious it is that Sinister had his secret base uh, oh, hidden so, under where Moira's old, you know, base was. You know, I uh, can't remember the, the, the hospital in Scotland. Called, um, mm-hmm. 
you, you, but you know what I'm, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah. what a what an even better place to hide than take over the world. I mean, time slows down there even. What a what a perfect place. Yeah, let me find I don't out know, about just that. Or the Stolaris. Like, I'm having line, a lot of fun with this. Right story. out from underneath him, and um, Ian sends a sinister number one. Yeah, they go on a uh, recruitment spree. We end up finding out they got a. Looks like they found a Colossus hybrid with Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah, they got Namor here as well. In New Abyssia. Namor. And so they're just going from place to place. They hit the Savage Land. Looking for, uh, I believe they're looking for the cloning facility. And they actually end up finding the uh, the original Nightcrawler, who has basically been, uh, if you're reading the last few issues of Legion of X, he was uh, further mutated and is now basically a giant demon monster. And he's hanging out with uh, Dr. Nemesis, who's in chains. Who is the guy in the uh, little con- you know containment chamber there? Is that you think that's um kind of terrible name sometimes? And the dude that like you know oh, you can see his blood. like you can see his like inside Glad muscles Herman? and skull. Um, well, I let me look it up, man. It's like I remember like. He went on a, there was one issue where he actually went on a date with a chick. It was amazing. Oh, that's definitely yeah, I got like on the tip of my tongue what his name was. Um, Jamie. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. But he looks burnt. <laughs> he looks burnt. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. That's like some Clive Barker crap, there, man. Like that's that, pretty yeah. bad. Well, it looks like at the end of the issue, they end up going after. Yeah, what they're referring to as the instruments of God, or of the gods. So we see at least the uh, the Eye of Agamotto. We see uh, Milnir. Looks like the Darkhold. Um. The uh. Black, the black neighbor. Limbo rifle. So it's like. Yeah. So what do you think about this limbo rifle? I mean, yeah, like, what is it? Instead of a sword, the, it's a uh, gun. Get these instruments of the gods to get the. To get their world back, basically. Keep their freedom. Oh, the wall crawler, yeah. What did they call him? The Spider-Man sacrifices in the name of the spark. There are... 
a couple of things that stand out to me um, is that there are certain parts of this book where the emblem on their forehead is specifically drawn. Let me find the right page here. Uh, Lady, Lady Fortune, yeah. Night, uh, Nightcrawler Domino. In the first battle, when they start turning everybody, like look at her forehead. The it, the diamond is broken. It's specifically broken. It's not an accidental like they did a bad job drawing it. It's specifically broken, but in other scenes, it's full diamond. There's some hints here. I'm, I'm smelling some breadcrumbs. But I, I digress, man. Like, uh, how does this one wrap mm -hmm. up for you, man? Like, because honestly, there was a lot going on here, and I had to read it twice to actually. It, I feel like solid I fully book, man. I didn't notice the. Uh, Which wasn't a chore. It was fun. The cracking of the diamond. So it's interesting to think that that might be a part of something going forward. about time oh uh just real quick uh, i got my butts and seats it's a good book it's a good read it took like almost a month that's okay mr tony mr tony shivani is well worth the wait uh by the way jericho's making a graphic novel yeah. himself this is true far be it from him to see tony shivani <laughs> make a graphic novel and him realize he ain't got one Hmm. Yeah, so we're instruments of the gods, and what a great. I don't know, would you want to call it yeah. cliffhanger ending? Because considering that we're, we're like fast forwarding like a thousand years in the uh, ninety years in the future, to see what they do with these uh, for number two, these time jumps, and what it means for the uh, the story going forward. Right, especially you know I, I've I've been complaining about this for years that time travel really irks me. Like it's it's definitely something that's people throw too much detail into. I don't want to have to go pick up an old like last month's issues and go look something up because not because I wasn't paying attention, but because something all of a sudden doesn't make sense. And yeah. they didn't extrapolate enough for it to make sense immediately. Time travel can be good, but if it's gonna if it's gonna if it's gonna even slightly confuse me, where you're gonna have me go back and research something I read like last week or last month, don't do that to me, I man. See that? Be a better writer. That's the one fear I have for this. No, I think I'm ready. Bad think time good, I think we're uh, ready to move on to the next but, one. But uh, you got anything left for that book, man? Because that was solid. Hmm. Yeah, I want to talk about Flash briefly here on this one, uh, number 793. Uh, we're still smack dab or winding down of the one-minute war. We're realizing that these guys have been, or new baddies have figured out. Yeah. 
to tap into the speed force, almost as if they all had like uh, you know arc reactors. Yeah, they've got speed, that they've got would, were able to powered batteries. You know, their own personal batteries to up their ante. And obviously their speedster powered batteries. It's a great way to put it. And uh, the one thing I, I like, there's so many like standout things here. I mean, obviously we're figuring out how to, how to stop these guys. We've got a lot of great intimate moments with so many different characters here. Um, for example, um, Jesse Quick. What's the Chick Flash's name? Because <laughs> it was definitely, like I said, I'm terrible with names here. Uh, with um, yes, oh, Flash's daughter Irene. And, Flash's daughter. Yeah, Irie. You know, girl flashes forever, man. Like that's that fist bump mm-hmm. was gnarly, man. Like they like all these great. Flash Girls Forever. Mm. We got Barry and Wally. You know, you have everything. I don't. Hey, man, don't worry about it. You're, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. He's like, you got your family. You know, I was no, about to propose, no, man. He's like, hey, years ago, freaking you know, when it doesn't matter. We'll Wally first it out. came back, you know, he, flashes, had to, you know? he, uh, he had to go on a mission to find his wife and kids because he, he had lost them to the time, to the time force or the speed force. Right, uh, I can't figure no. out if that is a that is definitely not a 1960s uh, SS Camaro. That's probably a 70 or 71, but they draw it weird later on. That's the only gripe I got because if it's you're making the specific car, I mean, like they do a good job in the first shot of it, and later on it doesn't really necessarily look like one, but it definitely resembles one. Uh, the one thing. That got me on the jazz about this book was this was an episode of the frickin' A-Team. That's true. It's all about the plan, man. (laughs) It's all about the plan. They, we even have a montage scene of them like Frankenstein in this car. The A-Team always had a montage scene. Like, they're... We're locked in a barn. We're held hostage, but we just happen to break out of our, you know, shackles here. And there's a couple of, there's a flamethrower, some MacGyver stuff, uh, an old tank, and, you know, someone's, you know, you know, 82 gremlin. And we're going to dismantle the tank and completely cover it in armor. this, This is a completely ludicrous plan. And everyone has their bonding moments. Mm -hmm. And... You know, we've talked about tweener episodes, before, issues before something actually really happens. By definition, yeah, it is. But when it comes down to the anticipation it's building up to, I want to see all these people still maintain and grow these relationships so much better. And then they don't patronize yeah. the girl. <laughs> like, oh, no, th- th- this isn't a stay in the car, you know, no matter what. You actually, you actually have something really important here. We figured out how to infiltrate these guys' freaking base, and like she doesn't want, she wants to be part of it. Like you actually have a really, actually important mission here. You got to defend all the heroes that are frozen in time. This is actually, 
extremely pertinent here. Uh, the caper goes down gnarly, just like well, in eighteen. Just like in the eighteen. Here's what you think is happening, and then here's how we over here's what's actually happening. You know, Hannibal always had a diversion. It was always part of the plan. Was the diversion, and. What better way to do it than with the Flash family, man? This was so much fun. The artwork was gorgeous. Um, we have some possible deaths, but obviously not. I mean, this is a family episode, man. Like, uh, we talk about Nero as being family-friendly, which yeah. we are. But this one is focused on an actual freaking family. <laughs> and, you know, we, we've got some moments here where... Um, we're in dire straits, and uh, what is that awful woman's name that shows up? Ms. Murder. <laughs> Irie's in trouble, but this is time to cut your teeth. This is this is where you prove what's going on. And the, I, Ms. Murder, she's got. She doesn't know that she's got her hands full. She thinks she's going to destroy this little girl, and this little girl not only has something to prove, but something to save, and just met her new, what I think uh, should be a new concept in comic books, is not just the first nah. appearance of somebody, but the first appearance of an idea. Flash Girls Forever? Flash Girls Forever? You better mm-hmm. believe we're buying that book if she, if she takes her under her wing. Six issues, 12 issues, one shot, I don't care. First appearance of an idea, Flash Girl. Are you saying you want to be a Flash Girl? That that just really resonated for me. That just rung my bell, man. I I, I freaking loved it. Uh, I would be a Flash Girl. I mean, depending if I could have long hair and wear makeup and be super goth, but everyone knows I'm still a dude. Yeah, sure. But yeah, now we got, uh, at the end of the issue, we got Ivy (laughs) running for Ms. uh, Ms. Murder. (laughs) And we've apparently yep. got a man Wally disappearing because he was going to run into this spire to take away their uh, con- their control of the speed force, basically like a cell phone tower. And he ends up vanishing. But we'll see what happens to Wally. Hopefully, next issue. I hope they come up with like some new way to use the speed force to manipulate atoms, not just manipulate atoms, but can you imagine like if they've got this big conduit for, you know, the speed force, I mean, mm-hmm. th- think about like back in the, when we watched that, uh, justice league, uh, dark, or was it apocalypse, mm-hmm. you know, f- when they had a uh, flash powering everything in the middle, he's been running for years they're they're sucking the power out of them, but you've got all these other speech force batteries going on here, completely you know centrally located. He might not be able to do what the original plan, you know, what they what they had planned. Sorry, um, but freaking, what if we get a new flash power out of this? Because there's so much power going on here, and these mm-hmm. people think that they know what they're doing. It's kind of like Independence Day. You know, they show up, rob the place of its natural resources, and they move on. 
But I, I, I can't believe it. Like, I gotta say, the Flash is so good. I didn't even realize it was seven ninety three. Like, back in the day, we're like, uh, she twenty five's coming up. That's when it's Long gonna happen. Yep. Uh, the book's so good. I'm not even paying attention to the numbers. <laughs> right? Alrighty, we got Nightwing. But, uh, yeah, uh, give us uh, Nightwing, and we'll take it home with uh, Superman. And Strong Torch 200. A little bit of a thicker book, so that's always nice. Got a nice little uh, Team Titans, well, just the Titans now, I suppose. Freaking uh, cover. But yeah, we've... Uh, Found out that last issue that uh, Blockbuster sold his daughter's soul to the devil, basically. And the devil is here to collect. Yeah. The devil in this issue is played it. by uh, Lord Neron. Can't tell him what he can't have, because that's when he wants it. And he will have his soul. He ends up going to uh, Vlatova to uh, talk to this king that is a known as the Grinning Man because he has taken over the life of this king, basically, as part of his deal with the devil. And he sends his king out after Blockbuster's daughter, Olivia. We see Olivia running from Raven... It turns out she's got a mighty steed with her, who is Beast Boy as a unicorn. And they're just kind of, you know, having some fun together till uh, Nightwing and Bitewing show up. Good old Haley. Oh, by the way, uh, McFarlane's just. Yesterday, uh, I think I sent. I, I maybe forgot to send you. Of course, the it is. There's a Raven fo- uh, figure. Is Todd do? Is Uncle Todd do anything else? It's gorgeous. It's. Nah, I mean they did the. Uh, they released you know the photos of the uh, Dark Knight Rises, or Batman Begins. Uh, Bill the Bane. You get scare. You Scarecrow. Batman. Um, who else was there? I, I I didn't like those movies, but you build the Bane. Yeah, I didn't like Tom Hardy's Bane. He's much better as Venom. Hmm. But, yeah. He's definitely much better as Venom. But we hmm. got Bitewing showing up. We've got the the Grinning Man making yet another deal with yeah, the Devil. To turn around where the uh, well, the Titans get together. They've got to get to New York. Time here. Because uh, they found something at the remains of Titan Towers, which was destroyed at the end of Dark Crisis. Uh, we end up finding out there's a body 40 feet underneath Titan Towers, and they swore that they'd gotten through everything. And Starfire ends up going out there and lifting up the, uh, the ground underneath. And we end up finding the body of the king of Latvia, or Vlateva. And the Titans are over here trying to explain to Amanda Waller, no less, why this uh, why this dead king is under their former home. Love that Amanda Waller. And they've got to try to figure out 
why this, what, you know, try to explain this away, basically. And they end up going, uh, Nightwing ends up going to the morgue and talking with this lady about him. And they're trying to figure out how this body got there because he's been dead for weeks and they already cleaned up the area. And, you know, turns out that this woman is uh, uh, a member of, you know, she lives in Vladimir, Latava. And, you know, he's, she, you know, Nightwing's like, I'm sorry for your nation's loss. And she's like, thank you. And he's like, do you happen to know the king? And then she hits him in the back of the head and knocks him out cold. And it looks like this might be a clay face. Either that or that might be the uh, the grinning man himself, obviously. He's got a good smile. Yeah, so Dick ends up, or this person ends up... Obviously, grinning uh, man himself. Morphing into Nightwing and grabbing the, uh, the other two Titans, uh, Raven and Starfire... And they're end up, you know, they're going to go back home, which is where Olivia is, which is the reason the person they're after in the first place. Good setup, yeah. great setup, especially after how amazing issue one hundred was. That's one. That's probably one of my favorite. I don't want to say top 20 comic books or maybe milestone issues of all time. But uh, as we wind this down, you know, we, we, we flash back to uh, how Dick has been training uh, Jonathan Kent, you know, just how to be a superhero. And they realize that there's, you know, something yep. going down at a local circus and they go save a family, you know, from having the same fate as Dick's family did. And... We scan the, uh, Jonathan scans the, uh, the crowd and finds a bomb inside of a little teddy bear. We've got an explosion. We don't know who lives, who dies. Night at the circus. Uh, very rarely do I give a flying anything about the B story. Because it's usually a, an inferior artist doing it. Yeah. So the second you look well, at it, joker randomly after you just read up. something that's that was the meat and potatoes... Why do you want to read those this? Random, those random Joker love stories that have been going on in the back of some of the books have been freaking pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> but... Like that Joker's in love with Power Girl, one issue. He's in love with Huntress, the next. And then it's uh, Zatanna. So I think those have been amusing. He's the he's the Ron Jeremy of the uh, DC universe at the moment as we build a yet another big Joker story that is probably on the horizon. I hope probably isn't for another two years because there's other oh then you characters haven't, you, we need you to haven't read on. the one like, we need a Clayface story. Clayface in it. We absolutely need a Clayface story, even if oh, it's just you, like you, my boy, are missing out. I have not read one bad day with Clayface. Hmm. Uncle Ed hug up, hook up, hook up, hook up. You say it right, but yeah, uh, they they did the B story right. Uh, as we wind down, 
I gotta say this is my favorite book of the week. Superman number one, the uh, flagship for what they're calling the Dawn of DC. I have to preface this in the sense that everything they've done with Superman off-world, which they've been doing for quite a long time in different time streams and everything, hasn't been my cup of tea. But not because... Not because I want it to be status quo. But maybe I did. This was something I've been struggling with since I read this the other day. I'm not, I'm not always happy about everything going back to status quo. Like, eventually, they're probably going to make it to where we're back in, you know, freaking Westchester and the school's, you know, I'm talking X-Men here. Uh, you know, no Mercurio, no Araka. We go back to status quo. There's a school. We've got a solid, you know, set team of X-Men, either blue, gold, red, you know. Obviously, there's going to be some residuals, but... Going back to status quo isn't always a good thing. Yeah. I might be wrong about this, but I thoroughly enjoyed Clark Kent's back working at the planet, working on stories. He's got someone that's constantly chiming into his head because they reveal that there are certain voices that he is always in tune on in terms of like people he's concerned about, Lois, Jimmy, Ma, Pa... But also Lex. Like, he can hear the sea, the, the, the torrent of voices throughout the planet. And, but he's laser-focused on a few. And Lex is in yeah. jail after the last caper, and Lex keeps talking out loud, hey, do this, do that. Like, you're gonna, I know you're fighting this guy right now. Um, you need, you know, or this gal at the moment, that when they're... Uh, he goes up against Livewire. Her podcast, yeah. she got canceled. Her podcast got canceled, and she, you know, starts stirring up a ruckus. And he hears Lex in his head, and back at the planet, writing his story, and sees that there's another ruckus going on. You know, around LexCorp Tower, a swirl, oh, no. a swirl of color surrounding and he zooms in and he sees their nanobots with the Superman logo infused on it and uh, meets uh, Lex's assistant let's see what her name is here because I'm always terrible I, you know I'm just going to start writing down names later on but maybe got your attention one check it all the cybernetic implants well, the the problem is that everything has Superman's logo on it at LexCorp. Looking for the name. Okay. She's trying to sell it. Lex tried to sell it. Tried to give him LexCorp. Don't want really? it. Got other things to do. Think uh, when Superior Spider-Man, or pre-Superior Spider-Man, you know, Parker Industries, he's no longer broke. He's got yeah. nearly limitless, you know, resources to up the technology and up the technology for him to, you know, be a better crime fighter uh, helps put better technology in people's hands and improve their lives. She's like, uh, yeah, he knew you wouldn't want it, but I got to tell you, if you don't want it, the lawyers are going to sell everything 
which means that like half the city is going to be unemployed. If not, oh, if not more. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, you know, kind of touche. And he, she's like, well, let me show you all these people are going to be, you know, uh, at the helm here. And we see a couple throwbacks, uh, you know, the little Superman jet that uh, is very similar to the, uh, the superpowers jet he had, you know, that they just redid and McFarlane did. And getting there somewhere, remind me about McFarlane toys in a minute. Um, but you know, Lex knew you wouldn't want to do this, and he decided, you know, you got here and... We're going to make you do it anyway. What? We're going to make you do it anyway. going to make you do it anyway. And your assistant is going to be similar to your original assistant when you first got to the uh, planet Earth. It was a holographic image of your father. But it's not a holographic image of your father this time. It's a hologram of Lex. <laughs> and uh, he immediately uh, takes off. That's who's your father is, who's your daddy. He, yeah, he, he's furious. He takes off out of uh, Lex Corp Tower, now Superman Tower, a la Avengers Tower. And uh, Lex obviously has, you know, some amenities there in prison. He's like, yeah, you're not going to make it to where you're going right now. Uh, we've got Rudy. Uh, what's his name here? Because I'm not too familiar with it. Uh, Parasite. Making some ruckus. Making some ruckus. And uh, Lex is just talking out loud. Like, hey, don't let him touch you because he'll absorb all your powers. And then you've got even bigger problems. Or you can go back to LexCorp or Superman Tower. And we've got something that will suck the the juice out of him. And you'll be able to subdue him. Uh, Problem is, is Parasite's like, they locked me up. (laughs) They tortured me. I have an unsatiable hunger right now. I'm hungry. Like, like, like he's not playing they victim. All up. He's a total victim. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Supes decides to follow him, makes the, the decision to not really punch him, but runs into him and finds a bunch of imps that are all hungry, that immediately attack him and start draining his power. And we go to a dark laboratory uh, very similar to old Mr. Bloom. And uh, Lex whispers out and says, he says it, this little soliloquy, I tried to warn you. You think we're on opposite sides of this game, but you and I are on the same team. And the other players are just the beginning to re- are just beginning to reveal themselves. And you will see that you are not dealing with your enemies, you're dealing with mine. And in this laboratory, we see a strikingly similar, other than the belt, to the McFarlane Bizarro figure. They're rebuilding Bizarro. Oh, gotcha. And on the on the wall is lots of diagrams and, you know, chalkboards and dry erase boards with equations and things in jars like eyeballs and hearts. And there's a uh, newspaper pinned to the wall, a la, you know, you're in the crazy person's lab, but he's got to have that wall of uh, newspaper clippings, and uh, who is Metropolis's new hero, which, well, definitely looks very similar uh, to uh, what old Lex did back after, uh, or before, Reign of the Superman, long hair, he's definitely there, but uh, we get to a nice little teaser, of what's going to be going down in Donna, D.C. after, I assume, post-Lazarus uh, Planet. But uh, 
that's it was amazing art and that's what I got for this issue man that's what I got for the entire thing it was 172 we, I think we knocked it out of the park great insight on freaking uh, how you build stories and how you're concerned with the characters and how you worry about the writing and I think uh, I think it's my turn yeah let's, let's go with that yeah I think it's my turn man uh, don't forget we got New Era New Era Pro Wrestling dot com go get your tickets if you forget what that website is, just go to Eventbrite and search for New Era Wrestling in Denver. You'll find uh, tickets are only $20, $20. Put your butt in the seat. Blockbuster every Saturday night. Buy the t-shirts. But guys, this is dangerous. And this, this transmission is over. And buy the t-shirts. Or be cursed. Coist. You always say everything's cursed. All right, this is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023, the fourth year of the plague? We're pretty much plague-free at this point. Well, we're not actually plague-free, but we're going to pretend we're plague-free. Yeah. And go on with our merry lives. Correct. I mean, you're still busy as hell. But we are officially bullet-friendly as of now. <laughs> and, uh, this is Minefields issue 173. We are two issues away from, uh, well, actually, kind of basically one issue away uh, before we got to start preparing for 75. Uh, no. Got to let Colin know for that because he'll, I'm sure he'll do his best to figure that out. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, 173 in a three, in a two, and a one. Guys, welcome to Minefields. Issue 173, appreciate you keeping up with us. we got lots of great content for you guys. we got amazing things coming from New Era coming up the 11th. we got a lot of great things on the Liskey there. Uh, check out the uh, website, check out the Facebook, check out the Instagram. But we have uh, wrestling and comic books to bring you tonight, man. And I thought we could start it out tonight talking about the oddity of the variant... Quote unquote, not second print, but still, what's going on here with these JCPenney reprints? Because this was interesting. Yeah, man, yeah, in the 90s, apparently JCPenney's basically got what could be constituted as a reprint, possibly a second print, kind of, but not really. Best way to describe it is variant? They're basically variant, yeah, variant version of. Um, a lot of our favorite comic books, you know, we had some, we were kind of looking it up a little bit, freaking with some Fantastic Four on there, some Uncanny X-Men. Captain America. Captain America, Avengers, like a bunch of, some pretty classic books that were based, that were sold through freaking, uh, sold through JC Pennies. Like in three packs, I believe mm-hmm. that's what they were. And yeah, uh, we stumbled on this. How do we? Oh, I I needed some extra cash and sold my first appearance of Black Cat over to good old George over there at Muse, and uh, he's like, "Hey, this is actually second printing." And I was embarrassed, embarrassed as all f man, like freaking like. I knew he knew I didn't bring in a second printing, trying to pull one over on him, but it still yeah. kind of embarrassed me, and which wasn't my fault or anyone else's fault. But then he's like, "Oh, you can tell by the diamond." And then also the uh, the, the black, um, just one diagonal line through the proof of purchase. 
He's, yeah, these mm-hmm. are sold in packs of three, and uh, he still gave me some cash for it, but then when he, like, he couldn't even fight an overstreet. Oh, wow. And uh, his overstreet, I don't know if, like, comic book dealers get a better one, but he had a freaking phone booth, a phone phone book, mm-hmm. and uh, as opposed to the standard little, like, you know, the smaller digest, well, not really digest, but, like, you know, more like a, well, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, just the... I don't know, like three inches thick. Sometimes you get the the nice uh, hardbound, but it wasn't a phone book. But he called me. He's like, "Yeah, it's actually still considered a first print," and uh, gave me my money's worth, like I knew he would. He even said it, man. He was like, "Yeah, if this is actually worth more, I'll make sure we compensate you." And he, I'm all hailed the muse, man. Yeah, true. It was word shoot. Yeah. I felt like I scared you, man, because I texted you like, "Hey, you got to check this. Your your black cat, man. Luckily, yours is the, I guess, the yeah, first, the first print, first print, the first print, <laughs> first print. Yeah, it's it's a good way to put it. I, I like the way you put it. Better better way to describe it as a variant. Um, yeah, makes sense that there'd be like a, a cross or a, a, something through the proof of purchase. You know, making sure that it doesn't get sold as like individual. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought that was pretty interesting that, that J.C. Penney would do that. Yeah, that was it's, it's interesting times. I don't – funny enough, like you mentioned, uh, first print of Black Cat. I didn't have – the one I had was actually uh, an actual first print. But turned out my next issue, issue 195, which I'd gotten for like 10 bucks, was uh, – that one was actually – Part of the, the diamond. Yeah, part of the set. They did the diamond around the uh, the issue number as well as the uh, slice through the proof of purchase. But apparently, on the other the other way to tell is that if you look at the back cover of the book, it's uh, it was current '90s ads like for like Stridex acne pads and Gittles and stuff like that, as opposed to what it would have been, you know, when those issues originally came out. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting, man. Like when you're telling me it's all Stridex pads, it just reminds me of feeling targeted when watching. Like I remember like watching Adult Swim back in like you know like 2007, and it's like mm-hmm. amazing cartoons. And here is a um, erectile dysfunction pill, and here is also like 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 the the targeted like y'all like toys and your your stuff don't work. Like go ahead and look no. it up. Or like when you're watching like daytime TV, like uh, you know back in the day when you're you're sick and you you spend the the day watching you know, freaking People's Court and Price is Right and there's times where like you know now I'm an adult and I've missed work and I had to stay up for it like a snow day or something like that and like uh, watching some judge whatever and the commercials are Frank Azar or have you been caught writing dirty? Do you need a job? Uh, do you need adult diapers? Like like. Oh come on, man! <laughs> like, I can do better than that. We can do better than that. I'm home for the day, man. Is this what you're telling regular people that don't have a job at the moment? Because that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, at least back in the day, with the old Ring of One Ring of Honor was on the Sinclair Network, and Jay Lethal would come on, and he'd be like, "Do you need help with? Do you need a knee brace? Do you need a back brace? Like the back brace, I don't need, but that knee brace sure does look comfy." It, 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 Jay, it, Jay Lethal to sell me a knee brace. It's essential, and he he did a good job because you did need it, but it didn't. It wasn't emasculating or in any way like making you feel like a complete loser. But like, yeah, these these comics with like, yo, pizza face, 
You just bought a comic. You know you need some help on the face. Yeah. Ah, sad. And then again, 90s me probably could have used the help. Oh, 90s me totally needed help. Uh. I had to do that. I had to do the retin-A thing. Mom got me on the retin-A thing because I came home uh, from first semester of college and freaking, like, I was just, it was it, it was uncontrollable. And then it scorched my face for three months. And oh, jeez. And then it was gone. But, you know, she did what she had to do. I mean, like, what did your mom do, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, what was it? It was a uh, dial soap was really big in my house. Us too. Um, freaking, and uh, it was a certain face cream I needed every night but I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. But it came in a big old tube. And for you, but it wasn't, it wasn't Retin-A. It wasn't anything like that. Because we actually, we actually still sell quite a bit of that at work. Freaking, uh, so that, that still gets used. But uh, it was some, yeah, some, some over-the-counter product that was a particular face wash that tended to, to help out quite a bit. What would be the Minefields approved pimply <laughs> pizza face <laughs> like, it's all hormones man like i don't know how retin-a did it, it just burned my face like it literally it felt like i had a sunburn for like three months Jeez, that's a that's a bit much it's a bit harsh not gonna lie i'm, I'm not complaining it worked no but uh back to the comics man uh when it comes to those gimmicks back in the 90s i remember i mentioned this before uh i think it was off camera actually when um some people came to visit that I wasn't too particularly fond of from back in the day that were mm -hmm. quote-unquote family friends, and uh, they, they were always trying to one-up me. And um, no one could find the Fatal Attractions books, man. And uh, yeah. we went to freaking Toys R Us in Birmingham, um, went on a shopping trip, and uh, not a regular occurrence back in the day, enlisted military, but you know when we could, we could. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. mom said, you know, you can pick two things out, Toys R Us, because there wasn't one in Montgomery. And uh, I found two sets that had the entirety of the holograms. And um, they were like, yeah, you wanted them? Like, yeah, this is, like, they knew how much I wanted. There was no question about it. But uh, yeah. when George was like, yo, this is a department store thing, I started shaking my boots, man, because those are my, like, like, are those first prints or not? Like, I mean, you said it was easy to, it's going to be easy to find, you know, real first prints if those are not actually first prints, but those aren't the yeah, ones I mean, that most, most shops at least have something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know, man. Freaking, like, a lot of my, because, you know, we've been toying around for a long time about doing, like, our top 50 books and whatnot in our personal collections. Yeah. And, like, Quite a few of mine are, you know, like I definitely got some like, oh, hey, first appearance of insert name here, and yeah, oh, this 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 apart from this story, whatever. But a lot of my books are freaking rando issues that I just really personally enjoyed that were just kind of like they're not worth nothing for anybody, and freaking um, you know, but I like them. It's the Richie Valens effect. We need to put it. We need to put the stamp on that. It's, nice. It's, okay. It's the Richie Valens effect. Yep. It's mine. That's what matters. Yeah. Exactly. It's mine. That's what matters. Um, uh, before we move on, if you got anything else, the, the one of those other extra gimmicks, uh, I remember in the Sears catalog uh, that I, back in the day, you know, remember getting that and, you know, circling mm -hmm. stuff, forking over to your folks and praying. <laughs> 
Uh, one of them was a, it was a short, short box. And I think I showed it to you when we went, when we went and raided my, uh, storage unit. It was a yellow okay. box. It had Spidey. It was maybe about this wide, uh, same side, the other side, uh, it had yellow, but it was Spidey doing the flip. And, mm-hmm. but the gimmick was it came with that, uh, yellow Wolverine card, uh, file, uh, the, the, the binder. It came with that. Oh, okay, yeah, it, yeah. it came with that, and it had um, special official Marvel like protector sleeves that immediately broke. They were brittle plastic, but it still had a like mm-hmm. protector special ones. But it also came with five prints of um, glorious artwork, like uh, Sil- Silver Surfer. I mean, just beautiful prints uh, that fit into sleeves, and um, uh, I still have that man. Like it's it's like it's so special to me and it was you know that was my comic book box for like 10 15 years man like i didn't have that many yeah. books but um mm-hmm. I, I every now and then i'll look it up but i'll see one that's like decent but nah mine's uh, mine's mine's the one man i gotta i still got the yeah. prints i still got the prints but uh my uh wolverine uh binder is duct taped to heck but freaking it's mine richie Valens effect yeah as it should be. No, I did. Like, uh, speaking of this, yeah, I were talking a little bit offline before we got into the show. Yes, sir. And I went to, uh, went to the flea market today on S's and G's. Ended up, and they had, a uh, they were doing the 50 cent bins today. And freaking, I picked up quite a bit of, uh, the, uh, second team of X Factor. I've got, like, 43 issues left for the freaking... Uh, to complete the set goes to issue 149 and by the end of the trip i ended up i was down to 13 issues of that gnarly was it, what, so, what, yeah. what was the gimmick sale uh, it was uh the dollar bin was 50 it was a 50 cent bin nice so i got quite a got ended up getting like 30 issues of that for like 15 bucks and then got a you know got a bunch of the astonishing x-men nice so able to get those run substantially closer than I had previously. I think I needed like 43 issues of X Factor and 26 issues of Astonishing X-Men. And by the end of it, I needed 13 issues of X Factor and eight issues of, of Astonishing. Nothing like that close to complete feeling, man. I love that. Especially when, oh, you're yeah. like, especially when you're on the hunt and you get that juicy vein, man. Like that miner that just hits that vein like, oh, there's the gold. And it's mine. Exactly. Hmm. You know, if you're working on uh, getting a few runs done this year, I just finished up uh, the 700 issues of Detective Comics and the second volume of uh, of New Mutants. Oh, that's sweet, man. So that's, that's two of my runs down right now. I think I've got a total of maybe eight runs this year I'm trying to uh, at least work on. I've been working on Spawn. So I got one, two. You've been, you've been nailing it, man. Five actually, five, actually, currently I'm working on. Just kind of seeing where I can get some of her... Some are particularly farther, closer than others. Like I'm about, I'm about right at sixty percent of my Iron Man run. So, but I'm working on meeting with a friend of mine for the 
for some very, very early issues. But he's just out of town at the moment. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, uh, that's a homie that we bump into randomly, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. My, oh. good, my good buddy, Joe. Yeah, he's a nice gentleman, man. Like, uh, last time uh, you were... I was just running around with my head cut off, just looking where I could, and you were focused on that one, man. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, we both prevailed yeah. that day. Like, uh, I, I've i got a uh, thing of salsa in the uh, freezer because I walked out of there with, like, 20 bucks worth of uh, freaking uh, vegetables. Veggies. And, yeah, veggies, and I gave, like, a quarter of it to you guys, and I, mm-hmm. I, th- I made, like, six batches of salsa with that, man. Oh, nice! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I got some in the fr- in the freezer for you and the the missus who you know, glad doing okay. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it was good. Today was a good day. That was that was, it was a good day. Best news for the day, but uh, that's neither here nor there when it comes to comics. But it's still better than freaking everything, man. Like uh, yeah, well, exactly. So, yeah, no, man, freaking uh, you know, got a good day, man. Get some good comic books. Freaking got a get on top of the. Issues I got today, I got a fun little uh, entry into what's in the box. Oh yeah, if, if, please uh, go go right ahead. I was, I was, we don't have to go. I want to say let's go right now. I mean, we had some you know, wrestling stuff we wanted to talk about real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, freaking uh, yeah, you take point on this one, man. Because I missed I missed dynamite tonight, but it sounds like I didn't miss anything at all. Yeah, man. It's just uh, oh, it wasn't too much too much going on tonight it was it was all right for what it was but like nothing nothing really to write home about you know they were they were in san francisco at the cow palace and a lot of uh you know a lot of involvement from a lot of the local talent from california as far as the actual roster but like at the end of the night it just kind of it was it was a like they got this pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, which means we are going to have to do predictions. Oh, yeah, Friday night. But, uh, totally penciled in. Yeah. Sharpie exactly. in. <laughs> As it should be. I wonder how bad but, I'm you know, with that, with that, you should be, you know, a big, a big part of that is freaking you get the, you know, the kill your lead-in show. You know, you get to go in there guns blazing. You got to make people want to, you know, fork out 50 bucks to watch your pay-per-view. And freaking... Oh, it's my turn for that one. I got this one. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, freaking... Um, but in all honesty, man, they just didn't... They, they didn't deliver. Like, not... There was no real huge storyline advancements. And freaking... You know, WWE has been notorious for that over the years. Like, it's just like, if they you watch pay-per-view, you watch pay-per-view. If you don't, you don't. You know, we're going to give you a show, whatever. Right. And like... You know, there was just, there was just nothing. There was no extra spice to make me want to be like, "Oh, I'm definitely gonna watch this show." I get excited. I'm for definitely it. gonna pay fifty dollars to be like, "Hey, yeah, like it's, it's." There's a couple of matches I'm interested in. Yeah. Like I'm really i I think the uh, I'm really into the idea of Hangman Page versus John Moxley. In a Texas death match. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That does that yeah. that does sound awesome. You know, that sounds like that's a match where you're like, I'm honestly not sure who's gonna win that one. You know, and if you can get two guys in the ring and that's that's the thought process you go in with, awesome. 
that's what you want. You know, I don't want to see we've talked about it previously, you know, for you on this show tonight, it was Chris Jericho versus uh, Peter Avalon. Cool. But there's absolutely no way that Peter Avalon is going to be Chris Jericho. Yeah. Like you saw the look on my face when you <laughs> was reading yeah. the card out. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Why? Especially, like, especially after what was that other guy that disappeared into the ether? Uh, oh, Action Andretti? Yeah. Yeah, he, he he pulled out the win of the century. He surprised Chris Jericho and beat him. But he's done absolutely nothing since, except be Ricky Stark's freaking sidekick. And like they just... Like, you just gotta... You, you don't just do that. If you're gonna do something like that, you gotta freaking put some meat on that bone. You've got to give us a reason. Like, okay, he beat Jericho. Now what? And like six nothing. months from now, why should I care about this guy? Why did it matter? He came, Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Exactly. Why did it matter? You know, Ricky, Ricky, they, like the Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho feud is basically gone in reverse. You know, he beat Chris Jericho and then they started having a feud. Why? He should have freaking... They should have made him earn that victory over Jericho. It should be a big deal. Yeah, they should have followed that up. It should be a career-defining moment for this kid. Like, they've done stuff, and they're having a match at the pay-per-view. But if he just... If he beats Chris Jericho again, he just beat Chris Jericho again. He didn't... There was no struggle. And that's the whole thing. That's a huge thing for the babyface. The babyface needs to struggle. He needs to overcome. There needs that's that's how you get people behind characters. That's what made freaking Daniel Bryan in WWE was the struggle. You legitimately felt like you you not only felt that like him as a character, but him was backstage struggling, but, but backstage, him backstage too. Was struggling. Yep, he was he was fighting against the system. He was our guy because he was not a WWE guy. He was not built like a WWE superstar. He was our guy getting over in WWE. Yeah. That was a huge thing. And it was, you know, WWE, you know, they they used to say back in the day, we don't make freaking, we don't do wrestling, we make moments. And they did. In that instance, they made a moment when Daniel Bryan at the end of WrestleMania is holding out both those championship belts. That is a moment. Oh, that's one of the best moments of all time, man! Like, uh, you know, forgive me if I, I, don't, I don't, messed the name up. I, I think it's under. I think it's right under Foley winning the belt. And and forgive me if I get the name wrong, but Connor he went and gave Connor the belts, right? Yeah, Connor the Crusher. Yeah, yeah, that was the name of the young gentleman that was there uh, doing his best. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, even like building up to that, remember the behind the scenes stuff when they gave him like the little mini match and he like mm-hmm. he took out Triple H. Like, I mean, of all the things you hear about people in wrestling, I mean, him that was just that was fen- phenomenal. Like that just yeah, that's that's why you do it. Like, uh, I have a uh, I had a customer uh, the other day that was talking about how she was a, um, a special needs teacher. The, the comedian, yeah. actually, the, the comedian actually, and okay. I mentioned a lot of our more rabid 
better than the rest of the fans that we have that we we take care of and uh there's a particular gentleman that I'm close with uh backstage that was already in his you know freaking regulars man mm-hmm. and I got a tap on the shoulder and one dude was like he was wearing a shirt the old shirt that he don't sell no more uh it's such and such backstage and I, I can say his name Grim um but um Grim was like, you know, already ready to go. I'm like, mm mm. Uh uh. Yeah. You got to change now. Why? Okay, no questions asked. Went back out. Full, full fan experience, man. Like, it's what it's about, man. Whether or not, like, the particular situation, um, there could have been another kid, you know, want to see him. I'll go get him. Yeah, I got you, man. Okay. That's, yeah. So, sorry to go off on that little tangent, but uh, back on your on your uh, course of action here. I mean, because like we started this conversation because I was wondering if this was a tweener issue or episode. Like when we talk about comic books, it's you know develop something better for another issue. Um, but you said this was a um, this this one you could you could skip, and with the exception of who wins the casino battle royal to be the fourth team in the tag title match it's com- it, nothing was added to the stories that's brutal. there was no there's yeah there was nothing that made any of the stories more interesting there was nothing that made me want to plop down fifty dollars to buy this pay-per-view right and that's a big problem big problem like this this is like other than freaking rampage or you know your other show there was that's your last opportunity to make people convince people that they should spend their money on your product especially with well i mean like i i don't even i wouldn't even count rampage because the rag sheets already told us what happened on rampage already and dynamite's the live one so that's the one that matters and you know whether or not you miss rampage or not like you can just you can go to whatever rag sheet you want right now and you can find it and not yeah. be surprised, not get excited, be like, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing, man. There's like the the crowd was really the crowd was hot. They were into a lot of stuff, but like it was just like there was no there was just no reason to be like, oh, hey, I definitely like that right there makes me want to watch this pay per view. I want to watch the pay per view to lose a bet again, man. Like, I mean, it's always fun. <laughs> it's always yeah. fun. It's always fun. Our bets are always amazing. They're always fair, by the way, just because I always lose. I just don't know as much about wrestling as you, but that's neither here nor there. I've I've come pretty close. Uh, I would yeah, say, I come close. I would say my biggest W is not having to open my Orange Cassidy that I got on my wall right here because I would. I don't think I'd forgive you for that, <laughs> even though I lost on. <laughs> hey, that would have been on you. I, I didn't make that bet. I think that I was, was you being like, "This is what I'm gonna do." Okay. I think it would have been one of those moments where my human brain malfunctioned and like it was Tony's fault. He tricked me. <laughs> I would have malfunctioned. Like it was all Tony's fault. It was Tony the whole time. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time I've heard that, so I'm all good. That's good, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like I said, man, it's just like those there's gotta be that continuing story. There's gotta be something that hooks hooks somebody and you know 
it, they just didn't deliver tonight. You know, I just, I, you know, hope the best, man. I hope things, you know, come together for him. I hope the show gets, I hope the show, I want the show to be enjoyable. We're paying it's, for it. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, even then, like, even like the Dynamites, man, like there's, there's, you know, there should, it's a very, you know, wrestling's three ring circus. There should be something for everybody. Right. But like, you know, you want, you want it to be freaking can't miss television. You, you want to, you know, run home after work, freaking grab yourself a beverage, just a popcorn and sit down and watch it and be like, this is awesome. This is why I'm a wrestling fan. And that should be, you know, and I get it's difficult every week. Like not, not every show is going to be a banger for every fan. It happens. But they, I mean, they just, they're, they're just, they're missing a lot of stuff that should be, that should be, can't miss. Would you say that they might on occasion, not always forget it's the core indie fans that gave birth to AEW. It was us. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they forget about it. I, I. I would actually say the opposite. I think they rely too much on it. I think they rely Ooh. too much on. I think they rely too much on giving the fans exactly what they want all the time. Well, well, that's not what I'm saying about giving the fans because we've had this discussion about how like. Nine times out of ten, you the fans what they want, what they say on the rag sheets is freaking it writes itself. Just give it to us. It's awesome. And then when they get it, it's uh, you know like there's booze and they're like what the heck just happened. But what what I'm saying is is that, or maybe you're saying that they're relying on the super fans that watch New Japan, that watch Impact, that watch uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, that subscribe to Impact. Uh, mm-hmm. like you're saying that they rely on that too much and it's causing problem with the people that just want to be entertained and not really like be all crazy into it, have every t-shirt, watch every show, um, you know, bullet club t-shirt mentality. That's what you're saying? Yes and no. Yes and no. Like they definitely like the thing about indies is that they're the majority of indies are like spot shows. It's, you know, Hey, they're going to, we're coming here to this town, this state, bam, you're getting everything you want in one up. It's basically a 30 minute friends episode, right? You're what you watch the episode. You go to the next town, everything reverts back. Like nothing. There's no advancement. Right. Right. Like because it's freaking, it's a 30 minute, you know, sitcom basically. Nothing's going to happen at a house show. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, like AEW's big thing right now is that they're not, with few exceptions, like there are definitely exceptions to this, but they're not telling, there's no episodic TV, there's no growth. Like Chris Jericho's feuded with Orange Cassidy. He gets done feuding with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy's not, uh, not better for it. He's feuding with Ricky Starks right now. He's done feuding with Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks isn't really further up the card than he was. He's just a guy. Right. Like, there's there's no working up the card. Like, that was one of the things in, you know, back in the day with WWE, when it was WWF, was, like, you could feel someone gaining momentum. Like, with the notable exception of probably Hangman Page and The Acclaimed, 
there hasn't been a huge amount of growth. And we're not seeing people progress up the card. I would add the New Day in there, uh, just to throw some WWE spice in there on that one, because... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying straight, like, purely AEW right now. Oh, okay, my bad. All right, my bad. But, yeah, like, no, those, like, there, there's been slow progression with Jungle Boy, and I, that's, there, there's definitely some growth there. But I think that's a lot of Christian Cage, like, personally being like, this is what I want to do. Like, focusing on one person... The same way Sting Sting kind of has been working with Darby for years, but even then, like what growth has Darby Allen had since his affiliation with Sting started? On the he's in exactly the same position. I agree. The only thing I would argue with you is he has more action figures. I mean that's good, it, it, but he should be a bigger star. Like, I, I agree. Cody Rhodes did more for him in one match than Sting's done for him in two years. I was just begging the question on that one, like the, just like if the it, in terms of growth, like he's got more action figures and he's got one, two. I think there's a third regular one, and there's the one in the coffin box, and then, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't say nothing other than that he's got more action figures. That doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. Like, he's freaking, he beat Samoa Joe clean in his hometown for the title, for the TNT title, and then lost it back to Joe in the rematch, and we haven't seen him since. Why? Why Why that epicness and then just... Why, volume, even, do, volume, why even do it? You did it, for the home, you, you did it for the hometown pop. Okay, cool. But I, why am I not? Like, why? Why is Dar? Why is Darby wrestling Samoa Joe, and getting absolutely nothing out of it? Yeah, I can't get over that's, that. Whole that should be. Up. That should be a career-defining moment for him. And so, they've done nothing to move him up the card sets. Something that should be in like the first AW book, friggin' you know, best matches ever. But then it just disappears and it loses all value. Yeah, it disappears into the ether. Like that that's a that's a problem. All right. Like Eddie Kingston Eddie Kingston alone. Eddie Kingston freaking basically forced the wrestling world to be like, hey, this is who I am, this is what I can do. He's beloved. Why isn't he doing more? You know, uh I think one of the uh first parts of uh the epic bet is to lay out who we think we should be the dynamite main roster. I think that'd be a good segue into what we're into the matches. I'm looking at the card right now. Um, but you're forcing us to add more content. Not you, Mr. Tony Morales, yeah. uh, AEW to add extra content to our shows to talk about a lukewarm card. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. We should be yeah. you. You and I should be like freaking, like about to like. We should be excited to see this. We this should, should be. A, this should be a big deal. We should be excited to see it. You and I should be arguing, <coughs> talking over each other, not getting along, like, <laughs> like, like, for, like, like, 
I remember freaking uh, getting all hyped about a SmackDown back in the day in college, like when we watched it in the dorms, man. I remember one time mm-hmm. my friend Daniel got so mad at me because I was hating on Matt Hardy and and Jeff, and he thought it'd be a good idea to grab him by the neck and throw me on the ground, and then he tried to do the like this, and uh, jumped off his bed, and I just put my knee up, and he landed like that. <laughs> That was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. But nah. was it amazing? Was it worth it? Were we hyped about the show? Absolutely. I'll never forget that yeah. freaking SmackDown. And that was a freaking SmackDown, not a not a pay-per-view. Oh uh, yeah, almost almost slipped it up. But yeah, no, um, but that's the thing. Like that was the big thing about the like for all the all the things at the attitude era. Like, oh, you know, it was it was too raunchy. It was too violent they went too far blah 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 the thing one of the things about it was the majority of the guys everybody had a storyline everybody had a reason for being there oh yeah and we knew every single one yeah and we cared we cared you know freaking you know characters were characters and they were they were something you could enjoy you know and freaking we don't get that anymore we don't get that you know you don't feel like these middle middle of the show matches matter Ooh, I just had an idea. For like, I, like I said, I think the biggest one, the one that matters the most right now, is Hangman versus Moxley, because Moxley is so well uh, booked that beating him matters. Oh, that matters. You know, that that was the same thing with Cody Rhodes when Cody Rhodes was there. If you beat Cody Rhodes, it was a big deal. They've tried to do that with other people, and it hasn't worked as well. Now, we've had a couple, just real quick, just on a quick segue, um, I'm listening, but you gave me an idea for a good minefield shirt, because uh, we came up, we've got a, a couple, that I'm going to text it to okay. you right quick, because I don't want anyone stealing our thunder. You want it on Facebook or a regular? I just, uh, text, just text my phone. All right. But yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like that's what they're trying to do with Jericho. Beating Jericho should matter, and it should. He is basically a living legend in this, and he is he is the man in this Fed. Why two J Chris Jericho but, a hero? But like I said, they do it too often, and it doesn't matter. And he's he's losing to guys that he shouldn't lose to. Action Andretti, Ricky Starks, like Ricky Starks should be freaking earning a win over Chris Jericho, not just pinning him in his first match together. Like those are two sh- completely different things. Ah, uh, bro, man, you're like you're preaching to the choir. I mean, like you're talking about Jericho. Like I've got a, I've got a life-size cardboard cutout of Y2J, Chris Jericho, my hero. Mm-hmm. Nailed to my wall, constantly looking at me. While I'm working, if I ever feel like slacking, I look down and I see Jericho judging. But uh, that's nice. that's the, that's the shirt idea I got. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and it's just like those those things should matter. Oh, yeah. You know, like the whole thing with the like, you know, um, the women's division is probably the most interesting it's been in a minute because they're doing the whole thing with Soraya and Tony Storm basically being like we're these you know these two former wwe superstars and we're better than you so now there's a reason to fight that is 
the last time I was invested in a women's match on AEW was probably when freaking uh, it was Nyla Rose when she had stolen the TBS belt from Jade Cargill. That was gnarly. And she was just running around just freaking just being crazy Nyla Jack and Nyla Rose with freaking uh, oops <laughs> it happens it happens there. it happens you know but just kind of be you know and let her full personality out there while she's just being crazy stole this girl's belt and they didn't even then what have they done with Nyla Rose since I, I don't know I mean a towel she, she, she made it to the pay-per-view she put over freaking um freaking Jade Cargill back to dark with you yep come back in six months when we have another idea for you and don't even get me started on the fact that we haven't seen Miro in almost a year uh that's criminal it's like you guys you guys want to freaking be the fan friendly fed and that's awesome and respectable but you guys gotta freaking you guys gotta do better there's there's no more there's no more there's no other way to put it. Do better, have better stories, and make us care about your talent and your pay per views. Make us care. But, yeah, let a freaking you know give us a reason to buy your shirts. Exactly. Other than just hey, this it's a cool shirt with freaking a guy a wrestler I happen to like. Like make make me freaking oh they're they're putting on a new shirt I need to get that shirt now. I need to have it before anybody else. You know, I like that Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero towel. I love that towel. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to buy another one next time I make an order. Just to make sure I have one that I can use and one to keep safe. You can cherish it. Put it in like one of those shadow boxes. I would probably do that because it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. And it's, it's, it, I, I guarantee you it's going to be one of those gimmicks where all my friends made fun of me for getting that uh, Attitude Era Cup back in 2001 and, like, came in, like I talked about it before, and everyone called me the F word, and we were watching freaking SmackDown, and by the end of SmackDown, I was done with my giant cherry Coke and hanging up my 7-Eleven WWE poster, and everyone was like, yo, where'd you get that cup? <laughs> where'd you get that cup? Like, like, like it was a cup. It wasn't, it wasn't an action figure. It wasn't a ticket. It wasn't a specialty item. It was a freaking Slurpee cup. And we went, like, I got it, like, right before SmackDown started. I remember rushing home and had to get gas. And uh, all the homies had to have it. Couldn't blame them. Yeah. It, it was gnarly. It was just a cup. But the stories mattered. We cared about every single person on that cup. Trish, uh... Undertaker, American uh, BA there, freaking um, Stone Cold Rock. I mean, like, Kurt Angle. Like, even, I, like, I never liked Kurt Angle. But one of the greatest moments of my freaking life was standing up and telling him in person at WrestleMania that he sucked. It was an honor. (laughs) It was an honor to do that. I cared about the story. Don't do that to us. Don't, don't, don't cheapen it. Don't. Don't like uh, like I feel like you're you're getting more into like meat and potatoes here. Like, well, obviously you're, you're a writer. Uh, you've been my writing partner for like almost two and a half years. But freaking like we care about the stories, and 
I think one of the genesis of us caring about stories is because of us caring about everything, man. Uh, yeah. And there's maybe a, a fourth of the stories I care about in, in Dynamite right now, which really breaks my heart because I was so invested. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's good. They have good stuff, but they got to, like I said, you got to follow. You got to give us a reason to care. That's really what it comes down to. Like the fact that they dropped the ball so hard on Daniel Garcia. Ooh. Is a crime. Andrade that kid too. should be freaking. Well, that kid, but Dan Garcia should be a freaking star, and nobody cares about him. He dropped right back to where he was, and it's it's a vacuum. You get up there, and then bam, you know, freaking, then you know, don't you know? There's just a lot of a lot of times with those in AEW, the balls just dropped, and it's not picked up. You know what Fed doesn't drop the ball and always has a great continuous story is this uh, great place uh, coming up on March 11th, New Era Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say 100% average, but definitely definitely a good freaking 92% average. Yeah, it depends, man. It's one of those things where things always go wrong show day and we always make it work. Spaces in between, we figure it out. Mm-hmm. Got to figure it out. Have to make it work it out. Exactly, you ain't got a choice otherwise. Oh. But yeah, man, it's just freaking. Yeah, I just you know, like I said, man. I get I kind of rag on I rag on AEW a lot. You know, I do watch it, but, but that, freaking, that, I, I want it to be better. I just want I want it to be enjoyable. You're you're missing a crucial aspect about that. You rag on it because you want it to be what you want it to be is is the best possible thing that that there is like 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 yeah. you're not ragging because like you're being one of those you know internet wrestling community gentlemen or gentle women um you expect more yeah and i i, I don't hear ragging like you know just bs you know freaking i'm mad no you, you've got some genuine points here. Like, give us a freaking story. Yeah. And don't just throw things together last minute and be like, oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Like that, that tends to have, it comes off like that happens a lot. It does, but I mean, like it, but uh, I was having a conversation uh, with uh, that comedian friend of mine uh, that I had as Mm -hmm. as a uh, guest at my uh, place of employ was uh, we were talking about comedians that curse a lot. She's like, I rarely curse. And I'm like, good. She's like, why would you say that? And I'm like, because me and my buddy, uh, we've been writing partners for a long time, but um, we analyze writing like crazy, and, you know, our criticisms are not anything to be hateful about, but uh, we've talked about this many times off camera, about mm-hmm. how uh, the more extreme you get, the more... Uh, vulgar you get doesn't tell us that you're a good writer it tells us you're a bad writer it tells us you're it's just, it's an easy way to get a reaction easy way to get a reaction easy way to it's a cop out like do better it's not i mean yeah. like i mean you don't have to be jerry seinfeld and be like you know mr freaking you know mr clean um mm-hmm. but if, if you gotta say you drop a couple bombs every now and then that's fine but if you're relying on that, I mean, like, uh, for, for example, uh, Rogan was talking about uh, Kinnison. 
Kennison died pretty early in his comedian uh, comedian career. Comedic career. Um, but if he had stayed alive long enough, his problem was that he was doing the same act over and over. And every time he tried new things, everyone was kind of like, eh. Like, you're just doing, you're just, oh, oh, oh. Like, like that's all you got? Like, we've seen this before. Yeah. He died before he could burn out. He died before he could burn out. Like he, he, the, the stuff he was trying afterwards just wasn't working. And luckily most people never saw it because they weren't always going to those comedy clubs, but everyone just wanted to go see the, Oh, 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 he's, you know, you know, he screams in Kennison and uh freaking, you can't keep that up. You, yeah. you you simply can't you can't you can't rely on those crutches and Attitude Era did have to come to end, and now people are more savvy. Most of like like we were talking earlier that most of the uh, AEW crowd are the people that pay attention. The uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to use this word to offend you. I know you don't use it, uh, but I'm gonna use it just because uh, it makes more sense to people that are listening of the smart marks. And um, we demand better. So hopefully, hopefully, I have hope. That's one thing I do have. I still have hope because it's still AEW. Is that we're going to have a, a killer pay-per-view this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's going to be good. Freaking like that. Got some, there's, you know, a couple matches I'm really interested in. There's just a couple that are confusing ideas, I guess, to why... They went one way as opposed to others, but you know that it you know that's definitely bound to happen from time to time. Maybe they maybe we can hope for the best and say that they gave us a lukewarm show tonight to really like you know knock our socks off on Saturday. <laughs> I think it's Sunday, but I could be wrong about that. Oh, please I think don't. this one's a Sunday show. Please go and let it be Sunday, man. I hate Mondays after at work after a freaking pay per view, man. <laughs> oh God, those are brutal. Those are almost as bad as like freaking Mondays after a show weekend. You know, after we're you know twenty four hours, we're doing whatever the heck we want, like running shows mm-hmm. and being with family, and then all of a sudden, like in uniform. Yeah. Ah, that's all I got for that, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, there's a couple of matches I'm looking forward to. I think the Texas Death Match with Hangman and Mox will be really good. Hoping I'm that. curious to see what's going to actually happen with the um, Danielson MJF Iron Man match. I think it'll be. I think that one, as you know, as far as we're talking about career making matches, that could be something that really elevates MJF. Because as far as you know, as far as you know. Freaking superstars go, Andy guys go, whatever you want to refer, you know, to him as. Freaking Brian Danielson is way more than, you know, freaking a, a mega star as far as this crowd goes. So I mean, he's he's a made man, freaking. But MJF could definitely could use that that little nudge to get all the way over the top. That's a really really he's great definitely point. Got uh, he's got the ability to do it, and he's got the freaking dance partner to do it with. 
it's just gonna it's just gonna see come game time what's gonna happen. You know, it's a, it's a sink or swim match, definitely, and it couldn't it could definitely set him up for down the road to be the guy going forward. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good time, man. Yeah, let's take no, let's, let's take a quick break. Freaking, I gotta pee. Come back, come back and do what's in the box. What's in the box? Sweet. Got a little bit of edu- education. I'm sure you're gonna blow my socks off with something awesome. But uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Uh, don't don't stop recording.
Have you tried those headphones out at the gym? No, uh, no. I just leave them here. Oh, you should use them at the gym, man. I don't even know if they're plugging my phone or not. I haven't even thought about it. They will. I just want to keep them pristine. I think you should use the heck out of them, man. Freaking. Cool. Yeah, use the heck out of them, man. Noise canceling. But you can always get new headphones. Now, these headphones I will not take to the gym. Mm-hmm. These ones are... It's not that they're better than yours. They're just way more expensive. Gotcha. And as a DJ, I always got to have cool headphones. Makes sense. The ones that make the other DJs be like, damn, I wish I had those. Man, I'm just happy. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, dude. <laughs> DJ stuff is all. That's last year's MacBook. You got the 12th Gen MK5s. The black ones. I'm jealous. I got the silver ones. Freaking, you're using Serato. I'm using Tractor. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but never kind of lost that sensibility of just, not that I'm competing with DJs, but I'm just happy I'm hungry. I haven't eaten since yesterday. Oh, Jesus. When I get stressed out. Is everything going on? Dude, when I get stressed out, appetite's gone. That sucks. I'm the exact opposite. I'm stress eater. Freaking. I didn't want to bother you. Just freaking worried about you and carrying. But, um. Got a. Got a busy March this month, man. I'm going to Oklahoma City at the end of the month. Um. Not to see the cokehead. <laughs> No. Until you do. No, that one's, blo- <laughs> that, that one's blocked. Go gotcha. Hang, go hang out with Colin for a bit. I just, I just need to get out of town, man. That makes sense. Freaking. Doing the Reaper show. I volunt- uh, They're doing uh, all the proceeds from the uh, Alpha 9 are going to Viper. I saw that, yeah. Talk to Dukes. I'm like, um, let, me, let me set up outside... Five dollar photos with wrestlers, all proceeds in. Yeah, fucking set up. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Of course, new era. We gotta make that look good. Um. You think you might be able to swing it on Saturday, man? Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. I'm not quite sure yet. Freaking with everything. I understand. Carry and whatnot. I'm not gonna hold anything against you. I just wanna gotta mentally prepare myself to go to Denver myself. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, you ready to jump back on this? Yes, sir. You go first. All right. Leave us off. Cool. All right, we're back. Again, as is the minefields tradition. Starting out the second half of the show, what is in the box? So for my uh, my entry this time, have a uh, very interesting issue, very cool issue, a second part of a two-part story. Um, as most people will know, know me, I'm a pretty big Green Arrow fan. Yes, sir. 
So I've been, uh, been that way for a while now. Freaking, uh, but there's, you know, certain stories that really, you know, resonate if you're a Green Arrow fan. Ah, uh, you got the drug issue. <laughs> Sorry. I popped. Killing me, Smalls. I popped. Killing me, Sorry. Smalls. I popped Sorry. Can't pre-pop. It's always a bad thing. I pre-popped. I apologize. I won't let that again. I'll be quiet. But yeah, I know. I got a Green Lantern and Green Arrow 86, which is actually the second part of the drug issue. They're not quite the one where they actually Ollie finds out about. Mm-hmm. Uh, speedy doing heroin, but the issue that follows it. So now I gotta, now I gotta, you know, find issue eighty-five and complete the set. That's awesome. So that's definitely going on the uh, the good old list. It's a good old list. It's a grand old list. Yeah, I marked off quite a bit of stuff on it today, but nothing of that uh that caliber as of yet. Back to the uh, secret archives of uh, minefields. But there was one day we held that issue. This is true. Can't talk about it. On it was a glorious day. It was a glorious like. Dude, I, I still like. I, I thinking about it like the days we were in afterwards, man. <laughs> it was a it was a good day. Got to, it felt got like to see some books we never would have thought we'd see live. So. It felt like Disneyland, man. <laughs> like, like uh, we should. Re- uh, if only we could. Oh, only we could have recorded that day. We couldn't, mm. but if we we're being respectful. If only we could have recorded that freaking day, man. Yeah, I would owe you like eight thousand dollars after that if we were going to Boiler Friendly. <laughs> but <laughs> very true. But uh, day for the ages. Minefield's archives. The best part was when they were like, how will we know if we find anything good? If Josh squeals like a little little girl, then we have found something good. And then you did, and now it's just like like that. Yep. Yeah, that was fudge. Man, they fed us fudge. There was some good fudge. Really good fudge. We'll give her, give them that. Give them that, but... uh... Uh, I'm I'm doing the uh, educational route today. Um, things I forgot that are in the uh, Minefields archives that I bought specifically for Mark uh, for Minefields that I can't forgive myself that I actually have. Uh, easy to find, easy to buy, easy to rent. Uh, Marvel Encyclopedia, new edition, introduction by Stan Lee. Uh, by uh, this is one of those books. Uh, you recognize that logo? That DK. Donkey Kong, yeah. Yeah, that too. I, I watch <laughs> Pixels. I know who Donkey Kong is. Marvel Encyclopedia. DC Comics Encyclopedia. There are times when we need to look something up quick. I forgot I had them. Uh, glorious museum quality uh, paper. Um, the only... Man, I can only think that there's maybe... On average, since I got these books, there's probably maybe 50 people that are not in, or characters that are not in these. But we know those anyway. We know those anyway. Anytime we're looking something up, because there's things that are coming up in the, uh, what the, it's not the Rebirth, it's DC, um, 
what what are they titling it? Are we talking about Future State or Don, or Donna DC? Donna DC, Donna DC. So we've got they're gonna they they do an amazing job every time they do any sort of like you know new revamp you know new fifty two or rebirth. Uh, they do introduce us to a lot of old school characters and having a good time with some awesome people and so. I'm just ashamed I forgot I had those. And so, yeah, uh, there I got both of them off of uh, the Ebays for, uh, I think, like 10 or 15 bucks each. Oh, wow, that's okay. 10 or 15 bucks each. And, uh, yeah, integral to, to the uh, to the operation, man, like uh, to the archives. No, well, it's got to get the image one now. Oh, man, you know, like, I don't know how they would do that because there's... Image is more integral history, and unfortunately, one of the plagues of Image is the Image number one hunters, and Mm -hmm. the number one becomes the one everyone cares about, and then they all disappear and flock away, as opposed to stay for the story. Um, Yeah. And that will be something uh, that you can tell, like Ice Cream Man. Mm-hmm. Ice Cream Man number one is worth a lot of money. Saga, worth a lot of money. You can find five or six new issues. If, if it's not on your pull list and you forgot to tell your local, put on your pull list, you're you're not going to be a SOL. Oh, forgot to tell them. Okay, cool. There it is. Yep. They're going to have some a couple of back issues. Spawn, SOL. Um, Freaking um, most of them. Drop off, huge. And if like you find the first one, they you know your your local and uh, we never talked about this before. But in terms of like shelf space, shelf space is cash money. Yeah. And you're taking a chance on a book, and you're putting a book that is taking up shelf space. If it doesn't sell, you're not ordering more. Not exactly. Yep. You're not ordering more. Um, you, you're going to make sure your customers are safe, just like old Uncle Ed, all hell Ed. And uh, the fine folks at Muse will make sure you get them. But most of them you're not going to find. You're not going to find unless they special order it for you. And uh, you're going to be as well. So pay attention when it comes to those books. Um, and then also pay attention to the books that you see a ton of. Yeah, you never get up going back and freaking grabbing five or six issues at once. I remember slept on the Hickman run, and next thing you know, I find out about uh, that whole little section of cho- the Children of the Vault. Yep. When uh was all in the Hickman run, so I had to go back and find the entirety of that and ended up uh, reading all of those in a weekend. Another Just important... Just uh, I got a better idea of what happened in that time period. Another important lesson... Listen to your friend that keeps telling you to read these freaking books. <laughs> it was, nah. Yeah, it'd be more fun to hunt them down and pay more money for them, right? Exactly. Hence the hunt. Hence the hunt. Then it's just then it's just your poll list. We're both right. Yeah, no, I'm just no my whole no the whole thing really is just I got tired of uh I ended up talking about this with a guy the other day at a comic shop. Uh, Serious. 
might have been it might have been Ed's, might have been somewhere else. But I just get sick and tired of freaking the constant number ones every time a new writer comes in. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred on, on, on Candy XN burnt me out. That's why I didn't pick up the Hickman run. I just didn't care anymore because it was like the third, third freaking new X Men run in like the last five years. How about why? Uh, how about rather than I, I I recant my statement that you should listen to your homie. I recant that statement. You were at least warned. I'll give you that. I'm just I'm just saying that that was my reasoning behind it. I, I get Marvel burns me out with freaking all these constant revamps that ooh, this is a new number one. You're not okay, wrong. Okay, cool, whatever. Not wrong. <laughs> Absolutely not wrong. Yeah. It's what like the the, the vault the, the stories of the vault were creepers. They would just mm. come out of nowhere and they would interrupt, like rudely interrupt major storylines. And yeah. it, 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 it harkens to what we always tell everyone. Pay attention to not just the number ones, which is precisely your point. And, well, one of your points. And also, um, just because you didn't listen to your homie means you didn't miss out. You're burnt out and you weren't just happy. You just weren't having it. I get it. That's yeah. all. That, you just weren't having it. Like, dude, just give me some freaking space on X-Men at the moment. Because I've had, I, I had plenty of those moments with X-Men for a while. And, um, but... At the same time, though, I think maybe the point should be we're all on point on certain books. Warn your homie. If he says no, no harm, no foul. No, no, definitely. But, yeah, I mean, it's just that. And then, like I said, there's a, there's so many X books, it's kind of, you know, it's hard to, you know, freaking read them all. Circumnavigate that. I mean, because you don't, like, I'm loving the fact that this uh, Sins of Sinister uh, series is short. It's looking short and sweet, and yeah. they, they are delivering. <laughs> they are, yeah. They are delivering. Uh, yeah, you got what Sins of Sinister one. We got three individual series that are each going to be three issues. Yep. We've got one issue to wrap it up at the end, and we're done. Should we give them a taste of the uh, minefields? Uh, I don't know, Secret Elixir. I mean, when uh, you came over on Saturday uh, and uh, and I showed you all the four books that are out, I'm like, what do you see? Yeah. Well, that's true. We hadn't heard him. But yeah, freaking, uh, no, we'll save that for later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, yeah that, that's not a spice they should have. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, freaking, let's, uh, let's actually go into Immoral X-Men to start. Please do. Yeah, so this is uh, Sins of Sinister, freaking Immoral X-Men, not Immortal X-Men. Immoral. So we got a, you know, we're 10 years in the future, freaking Sinister still took over. You know, we've got a Last Little Rebellions of Humanity. It's like led by Nick Fury. And they're going to do what they can to take back the world. But as they're freaking, as they're about to head out, to uh, attack Sinister, one of them says, "Do we, do we leave out the door or the window?" And freaking one, and Nick Fury says, "I'm pretty sure it's the window," and they all end up falling out to their deaths <laughs> because of a little psychic manipulation 
by uh, by Professor Xavier himself. Good old Chucky X, man. Like, uh, I was a little confused at this. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, where's the parachutes? And okay, they're dead. Okay, so it reminded me of the, the other guys. Uh, aim for the bushes. Uh, <laughs> aim for the bushes. That was a horrible movie. You have terrible taste in comedy, but that's another here and there. Continue. Um, I was right. But, um, but yeah, no, we have a little conversation between Emma Frost and Professor Xavier. And it's it's super interesting to see that while they all have the diamonds on their head and they've got a little bit of sinister in them, they're not entirely following sinister. Like they, it's Charles, Charles has to do what he has to do for his dream, but he shows remorse and having to kill these people off. You know, here we are. We go to the we got the entirety of the uh, the Quiet Council now, the Sinister Council, if you will. And a lot of these people are just kind of they don't necessarily want Mister Sinister there. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, and Sinister's over here. You know, when we see Sinister himself, and he's over here complaining. You know, instead of complaining about stuff that matters, he's like. I took over the world and I still can't even get a good cup of tea. Well, Mr. Essex, go back to London, but he's got what he's got to do here in New York. Uh, but he ends up going back to uh, one of his many labs, not the lab with the Moira's in it, but uh, he ends up having a conversation with that, another a sinister clone. And he's basically just kind of using him as like a, a duck? Just yeah, you know, a duck is how he refers to it. Just kind of throwing it, you know, just basically trying to talk to himself. That way he can sort his way through this problem. We do this all the time. We we throw ideas at the wall all the time until we figure out the solution. But you're, I'm not your clone. You're not mine. But I can imagine this sort of like, you know, discourse. I mean, that, that it's violent. Yeah. But yeah, no, he ends up talking through, and as soon as he does, freaking, he ends up melting his clone, basically. <laughs> Poor guy. With a button on his wrist. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. And as his clone melts, he's just like, you know, I need to, I need someone I can trust, and I can't even trust myself. And that's literally his whole problem, he says. He ends up sneaking into... Emma Frost's room later on and he's going to kill her while she sleeps. And as he's about to plunge the syringe into her neck, he realizes she's in diamond form. And turns out not only has she been sleeping in diamond form since this whole event started, but she's also got mastermind freaking chained to her wall, high on amphetamines. <laughs> that, way, that way he can, he can not keep... Sleep. <laughs> yeah. That way he's not sleeping and keeping, you know, her looking like she's in human form, even though she sleeps in diamond form. Because she knows somebody's going to pull something, and of course she assumes it's going to be sinister. But we also kind of, we find out the sinister not only can use uh, multiple mutant uh, DNAs in his uh, chimera mutants, he can apparently also use them in weapons. Ends up pulling out a, a gun and shooting her while she's in diamond form. 
but apparently it is Banshee and Cypher's power that he's using on her, and it shatters her arm. I didn't understand this. Uh, what part of... I mean, Cypher was, you know, linguistics. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so so are we talking, like, Banshee's power of being able to shatter anything that's unbreakable plus learning the language of what you're trying to break while it's happening? Well, the whole thing is that it's... Uh, it's Banshee's powers are... Uh, sonic and ability, obviously. And Cypher is basically held, Cypher's power is using it to uh, to find the right frequency to shatter Emma. Thank you. The, I, I, I thought about it for a while. And thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. No problem. But yeah, freaking, but we turn around and apparently they've also figured out a way to uh, utilize Wolverine's healing factor in a patch you could apply to yourself topically. It's a freaking nigga. And she ends up, she right then and there, she regrows her entire arm. And Sinister ends up bringing in more Chimera. This one's in the form of the Nasty Boys, a faction he, uh, a group of mutants he utilized starting in X-Factor 75. But all these, uh, the Nasty Boys all have Cyclops' power. But he made the mistake of taking these mutants with, you know, half their DNA as Cyclopses and trying to have them attack Emma Frost, who has been able to manipulate Scott for years. And she quickly turns them against each other and ends up wrapping a chain around Sinister's neck and basically choking him out with it. But uh, before he loses consciousness, he ends up hitting a button and showing Emma what she wants to see as far as him helping her win a w- the war against humanity by showing the next level of uh, of Chimera, which will have up to five mutant abilities in one body. And for those who uh, read Powers of X or Powers of Ten and House of X... They'll recognize this uh, Chimera as Rasputin. And this is enough to uh, allow Emma to spare Sinister. Because, you know, while he's it's in progress, they haven't, she, he hasn't completed the work as of yet. Which is basically his ace in the hole. So they end up uh, saving him for now. But as she walks away, she's like, you know, you know, he's like, you know, we're going to keep you around for right now, you know, and she's just like, long may that state continue, you know, Kokoa needs you, long may that state continue, and Sinister's like, for my sake, and she's like, I already told you once, you know, don't say the quiet part out loud, so we've got a defeated Sinister, and Emma's here just standing on top of him just you know basically his superior even though you know he had this brilliant scheme and apparently everyone's still against him well he certainly hasn't complained about his uh cape getting messed up in a while and the colorist messed up and 
you look closely as she's walking away, like there's still there's fabric in between. Like that it's it should be long shards. Um mm-hmm. little little bit of a nuanced gripe there, but I had some insight on this. Okay. And I will divulge, but first I thought maybe just maybe when a good enough storyline like this comes along, like Fear State. Okay. I can't think of another story that we were this invested in in quite a while. I mean, like, there's particular books we are both individually invested in. Mm-hmm. Perhaps an epic bet might be in line for uh, how this is going to go. What are you thinking? I'm thinking... I'm thinking we... I'm going to review a few of these. Because I have some good ideas. Uh, especially... Like, oh, back to the uh, the color. Like, look, look, look at the top of the page. It's the shards. Okay. It's the shards. But the colors, yeah. are, the colors are not in between. Right. Yeah. Early, yeah. early down. It's, 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 it's all right. I'm saying when a good story like this comes along, because I can't remember the last time we were this invested in a story. Since it probably be probably Fear State, since, I think. Yeah. Since Fear State, that an epic bet of you know pay per view proportions, regular rules. I think this would be a lot of fun to do a bet on how this is going to end up because there are two... Th- this is all wild cards. Literally wild cards. Um, no. Literally wild cards. We can talk th- We can talk about how we're going to organize that off camera. I think that might be a good segue into the epic bet of um, AEW on a Friday night. Okay. Uh, but uh, great insight. I didn't realize that was Rasputin. Yeah. So pretty sure we might get a... I know the other one was Cardinal, and there was a third one that was like Psychic Abilities, if I remember correctly, but I can't remember that one's name at the moment. Yeah, there's... Like... Man, like, uh, our conversation Saturday night about... Redacted... Um... Mm -hmm. Don't want no one knowing our secret formula, but freaking, I think we should do an epic bet on this one. We've got 10 issues left. Uh, I think we got seven. Three. There should be part two of all three of them, part three okay. of all three of them. And then yeah, the I can't count. Home. I can't count. Yeah, seven. We got seven. We got at least two more months to figure it out. We got two more months to figure it out. I say Friday night we set the rules. We should have an amorphic rule because there's going to be a lot of uh, monkey wrenches thrown at us. Yeah. Uh, things that one of us might, may or may not have forgotten, like freaking, like uh, he's referencing, you know, bringing back Dark Beast or picking his brain for some ideas. But I, didn't, I, I either I missed it or I forgot that that's where Dark Beast has was because. I've talked about it a million times. Like, like if, I think that's Dark Beast as actual Beast, but 
freaking here we are. We yeah, have, I know it's an issue of it. I know it's definitely an issue of it. Uh, X Men, X Force, Immortal X Men. No, it's definitely an Immortal X Men because it's in Sinister's lab. Right. But I can't remember the exact issue it's in. Maybe like I think issue six or seven, maybe. I have to look it up though. Technically, on the timeline, we have nine hundred years to figure this out. Yeah. But it's it's good stuff, man. Like it's uh, I the last time I was this proud to make sure I got every single one was of course Fear State. Before that, it was mm-hmm. uh, freaking uh, Siege. And yeah, and then Dark Rain. Um, and of course, uh, I wasn't around collecting at the time. I remember uh, being at a homie's house and seeing the the stack of Civil War. And being like, what, okay. what is like, like I didn't know what was going on at the time, but like the six issues he had on his counter was like, those are gorgeous. I don't know what's going on, but like that, those covers are friggin' amazing. Like that, yeah, that signifies like some real true blue work, man. But uh, yeah, uh, if you don't mind, uh, let us talk about it off camera. Okay. Maybe we can organize a good bet. I mean, I think I think it might be a fun little uh, thing if uh, we go tete-a-tete when it comes to comics and it comes to wrestling. That'd be great. That'd make it work. But uh, what do you got next, man? Man, I got a romance comic, man, and I'm going to freaking just... I am head over heels, heels for the She-Hulk comic book. Okay. Everyone has been hating on... The She-Hulk show. Um, I am. I was the target audience. I told you this when we were discussing when uh, we didn't do it on camera, but the Matrix uh, Resurrections. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not the right person to ask if it's a good com- uh, a good movie because I was like I wanted a good love story and I love good romance and I love good romance comic books. Man, She-Hulk, who had been targeted. Um, by this renegade group of scientists, this husband and wife, and uh, Jonathan, Jack Hart, Jack of Hearts, saved her. They were trying to extract the gamma to replicate what happened to Jennifer. Things went awry, and uh, the husband, you know, hulked out like full Bruce Hulk out, dummy Hulk, and uh, Jack of Hearts showed up just in time to save Jennifer. Now, he's been gone for quite a while, and he was in a few different Fantastic Four books, uh, disappeared then as well, but he's been crashing at uh, She-Hulk's crash pad. She's been uh, staying at, um, and she has been staying at Hellcat's apartment. Okay. No, not Hellcat, It uh, it was Wasp's. Wasp apartment, yeah. but her uh, best friend, Patsy Walker, Miss Hellcat, mm-hmm. comes over. And when the the little tete-a-tete with the uh, renegade Gamma Steelers ends, the, she thought Jack Hearts was dead, but unfortunately his powers of power absorption reactivated and he can't touch her. Like one of the best things in the past uh, uh, nine issues is that he's been human. He's been eating. And, like, he's enjoying, like, the way clothes feel and he can feel. But it reactivated. He takes off. 
She goes home, and he's nowhere to be found. She's winning case after case. She's she's spiraling, man. Like, uh, I mean, like you can tell a tale when someone's like they're trying to tell a modern tale where she's like on dating apps, but and this one she goes home and she eats some ice cream. She she's still succeeding, but she is depressed beyond belief. Hellcat shows up and she finally divulges, you know, within tears, that her and Jagger Hearts. Like, he loved her for who she was. All these guys only loved her as Jennifer. These guys only loved her as, as She-Hulk. And he was the only one that yeah. loved her for everything. Like, pure and simple for everything. It didn't matter who she was at the time or what form she had taken on. And starts crying. I mean, she she even got a uh, freaking uh, late night booty text from Thor. And she said, come over. Ah. She says, come over. It's been a couple weeks. Jack shows up. He's in his costume again that holds his power in as best he can. And he apologizes. Listen, I, I was in space, you know, exuding energy for as long as I could to, you know, to not kill any planet or myself. And... I loved how it went. He <clears throat> he didn't live. He didn't leave her in red, or and I don't even like using that term because it sounds so like common folk, freaking internet speak. But he had to take care of some things. But he showed up the second he could. Yeah, he showed up the second he could, and he. She's like, "Where were you?" And he's like, "I was doing this. I had to. I came as fast as I could, and." She wants to give him a hug and kiss him, and he's like, whoa, we can't. Like, it's going to be dangerous. Like, we got to figure this out first. <clears throat> but rather than be the irrational person and say, you ghosted me. Again, I hate using these terms. Uh, or you made me feel like... what well, You made me feel like I was not as good as what yeah. where, where he was. And he explained it away. Like he had, he didn't have excuses. He had facts. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between that. Yeah. And are you hungry? Hungry? Uh, not exactly, but I, I could eat possibly because he didn't eat beforehand. When he didn't have his powers, mm-hmm. like he was loving eating. And she goes to the kitchen, and starts pulling out some freaking. Um, uh, pizza rolls. She knows how much he eats, and she's rolling the red carpet. She realizes he wasn't neglecting me. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't in any way being some jerk that was texting other chicks or. Um, he did what he had to do, and he came back as fast as he could. And mm-hmm. and what I loved about it was it justified her faith in love and. The, the faith and love wasn't showed like, oh, he's he's coming back. It was her pain. Yeah. It was her pain, man. Like, like you know, she hooked up with Thor. Why not? That's not her boyfriend. They didn't sign up on nothing. But freaking, um, they didn't make it, they didn't make it vulgar. She, mm-hmm. had, she had a moment of weakness. I loved that. It happens. 
but uh, she wasn't slutty or gross, and she just misses him like crazy, and he shows up, and she rolls out the red carpet for him, and um, they're about to just chow down. It, like, it's it's such small human moments. Like, look, this is one of the reasons why I love these romance comics, man. <laughs> like, uh, gotcha. Uh, but the artwork was pretty good. Of course, the uh, freaking uh, cover is even better. Uh, obviously, you know, I'll never take down my She-Hulk poster. Ever. <laughs> That's one of my favorite possessions. Nice. At all. <laughs> And, um, but yeah, way to knock it out of the park, guys. Um, freaking, who are the, uh, we got Rainbow, Rainbow Rowell, writer, Takeshi, Mm -hmm. uh, Miyazawa, artist, Rico Renzi, color artist, VCs Joe Karamanga, letterer, and, uh, Jen Partell knocking out these covers. And, um, artwork isn't as good as the cover, it's still great. But it's not like those books where I get so upset when, like, the cover is deceptive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the meat and potatoes inside, the emotions, it's not talking heads. They really, really do their best to show, like, spatial, like, areas and and make you feel like you're there watching it. Like, like you're standing next to Jen when it happens. And that that's one of my favorite parts about all of this. When she comes home, sees the flowers, gets mad, and eats her quick and easy, you know, you know, lonely woman's dinner for one. And, yeah. But she's still nailing it at work. She's not showing up hungover. She's not showing up freaking not 100%. I mean, she's not at 100%, but she performs at 100%. And yeah. I, I'm sorry to read too much into these sort of comics, but, like, I love this book, man. This is one of my favorite books. At uh, I would say it's probably number number five right now, man. Um, oh, awesome! Good. But uh, it's up there. Um, uh, quick, uh, qu- quick shoutouts. Darkwing Duck is freaking awesome, and is and so is Gargoyles. I got all the Gargoyles. Oh, nice. Gargoyles okay. is awesome. And 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 uh, also Teenage Mutant Turtles uh, meets uh, Power Rangers. IDW is nailing this. Uh, um, IDW is doing the Power Rangers. Uh, all the Disney stuff is dynamite, obviously. But just to put it in perspective, make sure you know make the difference there. Uh, Local man uh, off of Image. Uh, I'd say a good number six for this week. Uh, one of those image books that can't really get into because I'm gonna steal the I'm gonna steal the experience from you. Like uh, talking about Stillwater, I've I've talked about Stillwater for quite a long time, but like I never go into it because I feel like I'm stealing things from people. Um, Something's killing the children. Another good one. Uh, Erica has been battling. She's got a uh, she's got a doppelganger out there, and rather than it goes straight into the doppelganger causing some mayhem. They go into the politics of the House of Slaughter. And we finally get to see the face of the dragon. And, oh, nice. Okay. And how he takes the mask off and how they're manipulating the other houses throughout the world uh, to make sure they look good. Um, Erica's just being the standard BA as she is, but... Um, I mean, it's issue 29. 
I, I, there's never been a bad one. Uh, the, the only thing I, I have a problem with is I can read Something is Killing Children as fast as I can read a crappy issue of Walking Dead. But you, we never have a tweener issue with Something is Killing Children as we did with Walking Dead. But uh, Sorry to burn through those so fast, but freaking... Um, yeah, that the She-Hulk, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that's my favorite one this week, man. Oh, nice, nice, okay. It, it's it's nice to see, like, adult conversation. Yeah. You know, without the, uh, I mean, they, they we got to get used to these things. You and I are both, on, we're both in our 40s, freaking, I, I don't want to say that the uh, youth slang that's going on in the streets now is scaring me, it just sounds retarded, um, but they don't. They're telling a good love story. And I like my stories. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> I, like, I like my stories, man. Uh, what do you got next, bro? Uh, let's see, I got got uh, Sabretooth and the Exiles number four. Oh, dude, I was hoping you'd do this one, man, because like, I miss this one. Uh, how, many, how many out of... Uh, what, how many out of how many? Uh, this is four, I believe, of five. Oh, damn. So, yeah, they're, uh, you know, Sabretooth and the Exiles, they broke a bunch of uh, mutants out of prison, basically, because they were being uh, used for experimentation. And the end of the last issue, we found a, we had, we have regular Sabretooth of our world, and we have an emaciated Sabretooth from another dimension. Nice. He swears he's Victor Creed, and he, you know, he's he's dead. You know, um, <laughs> on top of that, we've got Sabretooth is being weakened because Doctor Barrington put something in him that was slowly weakening him bit by bit. But we've got all these um, all these mutants with the Exiles on uh, Ling's ship, and. Nanny's just losing her mind because she's like, oh, my God, look at all these children. She just wants to basically be a nanny to all of them. And uh, orphan maker Peter is in this new, they got him a new uniform because his last one, uh, he took his mask off. And whatever his mutant power is, we still don't know exactly what it is, but it's super destructive. Nanny just was, uh, got the kibosh on out of him. Yeah. But all these new mutants have heard these stories about how horrible a place Krakoa is for those that are not cosmetically pleasing mutants. But uh, at the same time, so we, you know, we've heard that that story going on, and Sabretooth and Necro are taking this other Victor Creed basically to an infirmary to let him die. And Sabretooth is just, you know, explaining to this, you know, almost corpse what's going on with him, that he's getting weaker every day. And he's like, it's everything I've got just to stand, basically. And he's like, somebody did this to me and they're going to pay. But he's like, there's somebody on top, above her. And that's, you know, if that's, if it's who I think it is, it's going to, there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah, we got a. Uh, we 
we've got Dr. Parrington and the creation. Dr. Barrington's the one that cut Sabretooth open and put this thing in him. You know, they're flying over this ocean. And there was uh, one of their stations was here, but now it's gone. And they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And before they can kind of figure out exactly what happens, some kind of hydrokinetic uh, hand comes out of the ocean and grabs the two of them and drags them underwater. So after talking with his doppelganger, Sabretooth comes into the uh, to where the, all the children are and they end up asking him about Kokoa and he basically sits down and tells them his version of the truth. Oh no. Yeah, so but he, how, so uh, he knows. Yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's you know, this is kind of older school Sabretooth where he kind of, you know, he's willing to play the mind games. He's willing to whatever it takes to get what he wants. Best Sabretooth. Yeah, he's basically like, I got to tell you. He's like, I'm going to tell you this because you guys need to hear it. And you're not going to, you're not going to like it, but it's going to be told to you. While at the same time, the rest of the exiles are like, he's going to get these guys, he's going to get these kids killed. Yeah, then we turn around and the same hydrokinetic hand is reached out and, and tore Madison Jeffries in two. And then this ship is coming out of the sky and it's uh, as it zaps the ship and uh, teleports Sabretooth in, onto it, we find out that this is station number five <laughs> for this organization. And while it's doing that, while it grabs Sabretooth, more of the hydrokinetic hands reach out and they grab the ship and pull it under. Fortunately, the ship's got like a force field around it to keep the oxygen in there. Of course. But they all disappear into the ocean as Sabretooth wakes up in the ship and he hears somebody talking to him and he's just, you know, thinking to himself, let him talk. The more he talks, the more I can heal. And as they're about to turn the page, he's like, I knew this was coming. I knew it would be you. And it turns out it's Sabretooth, the Mystique's son, Graydon Creed. Who's Tyler? It's not Tyler, right? No, Tyler was... Tyler was something totally different, right? I think Tyler was Cable's son, if I remember correctly. All right, all right, so I'm getting confused. All right, just making sure. Yeah, but, no, yeah. Graydon, Graydon Creed is this, is this cat. He's a he's Mystique, and he's Sabretooth's son. He but was... he is... Uh, He's completely human, and he's a mutant hater. He was horror show in Age of Apocalypse, right? No. I think you're thinking of Holocaust. That's Apocalypse's son. No, Graydon Creed is a straight-out... He's he's a human, and he hates mutants because his father abandoned him at birth, and his mother put him up for adoption because she didn't want to deal with him. And he uh, he debuted, I think, Uncanny X Men two ninety nine. Let me look it up. And I th- he was a really he was kind of big in the the X Men cartoon because he was um, he was a big member in the uh, the Friends of Humanity faction. Upstarts and purifiers. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's 
I remember his card. Uh, brought to you with yeah. Celine. Uh, he was horror show in Age of Apocalypse. Hunt for Wolverine. I didn't. I don't even remember who horror show was. Oh, he was a freaking side character. It was something little. Um, purify. Oh, purifiers. But yeah, apparently he's going from uh, universe to universe, dimension to dimension, killing saber tooths in each and every one. Can't blame him. <laughs> but yeah, the final page is him standing in front of uh, the mounted heads of both male and female saber tooths. From across the multiverse. Wearing a freaking saber tooth muscle suit all up. Uh, what was his name in Sinus of the Lambs? What's his name? Outback Jack. Outback Jack. Buffalo Bob. Ah, yes, yes, he, yes. He's wearing a meat suit, but it looks like mm-hmm. it works. Look at the connections on it. No. He ain't getting... Yeah, that's where issue four ends. He ain't getting our saber tooth. (laughs) He he ain't getting our saber tooth, man. Freaking... This guy has retribution in a very painful way coming to him written all over this meat suit. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the uh, checklist at the end here. We're finally wrapping up every little bit of uh, X books that aren't part of uh, Sins of Sinister. Uh, I didn't know there was a Betsy Braddock Captain Britain, but I wouldn't have read that anyway. Deadpool 4, wouldn't have read that no way. Um, God, I want our Hellions back, man. (laughs) I want our Hellions back. Freaking, that this was... Is, this is basically as close as we're going to get right now. Shoot. Yeah. We, yeah. Got, we got these two here. We got Nanny and Orphan Maker here. We got freaking Havoc rolling around in X-Men. At least until... I think I, he might have quit the team with uh, the end of Dark Web. You're not wrong. But, uh, and we've got Sinister and Sense of Sinister. All I got left is Detective, man. Yeah. Was that 1065? 1069. 1069, nice. Uh, Freaking, the only thing, the only point, uh, we talked about it off camera a little bit, freaking tweener issue. I mean, I get it. Um, You got to have a tweener issue every now and then because there's got to be some exposition. Uh, and you can't just have knockdown dragouts. I mean, the artwork in this was fantastic. Um, I gotta say, obviously, immediately enamored because how much I love Ten Eyed Man. Uh, the hallucinations that we could see inside of uh, Ten Eyed Man's eyes. I mean, like, uh, look how many eyes are in each one, man. There's in this one splash page. No, oh, I, mm-hmm. really, I wouldn't really call it a splash page because it's too many things, I mean, but, like, splash page is usually, like, you know, someone jumping out of a helicopter and you see the whole thing in two pages, but we got one, yeah. two, three, four, five specific guys here, and insights on Man Bat, on the disturbed listless child, um, with, we got, I mean, like, this one, like, this one frame here, 
We got Two Face, Mr. Freeze, Catwoman, Solomon Grundy holsting up the bat, and freaking Ten Eye Man stopping Two Face from offing him and Bruce. And we've got. Uh, would you say this is Harvey in charge? I mean, like, uh, this one, this one kind of confused me. I mean, like, because Harvey seems in charge because we see the, the red panels of, like, Two-Face, the other side, talking to him inside his head, threatening to make a choice, but doesn't even pull the coin out. And the bat makes yeah. a miraculous escape. And we see, like, what... Like, this is one thing that bothered me. Like, what another underground world under the tunnels, under what the Quarter Owls is doing. Like, I, I, I didn't... Mm -hmm. Like, okay, there's another layer. Okay, um... Who's writing this one more time? Just to make sure, just double-check. Freaking... This is, uh... This is, uh, Gotham Nocturne, Act 1, Grand Design, Part 4. Rom the fifth, or Rom, it's got to be Rom the fifth, but he's not doing a bad job. I, I like it. I was just like, I immediately suspected freaking um, <sighs> gentleman writing Daredevil at the moment right now. The Dusky? Yeah. The Darsky? The Darsky trying to keep up with Tinian. Uh, new Tinian book coming out soon. Uh, but I love, like, my favorite part here is uh, Gordon obviously saving Bruce. The unspoken thing that he knows it's Bruce, but, you know, he's having a drink outside the wall and, like, you're, you already made your, disappoint your disappearance. But, uh, freaking, they're making Gotham into more of a character, which I love. This, yeah. time, this time, Gotham is working with Bruce. And we see all these people enslaved in the sub subs. Is it a sub subterranean pan like group of tunnels, uh, or is or just sub 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 like? Uh, but we got. Uh, we got what is her? She's got a glorious name. We've got. Looking at these panels here. Oh, Cheshire? Yeah. Exactly. Making an awesome escape. And these mm -hmm. guards making the even worse mistake going in the wrong tunnel. And yeah. Minefields was born on a Monday. I mean, you get the point. <laughs> that's a little right, we got the, we got the return of another character from, uh, from Arkham, Sol Solomon Grundy. And uh, Task Force Z, right? He was in Task Force Z as well, I believe, yes. Yeah, he's, he cannot use Solomon Grundy. Like, it's just a good idea. Oh. Those guys are going to die. <laughs> Those guys are going to die. Uh, I skimmed the the B story here, man. I just... I, I think they told enough. I've had enough of Mr. Freeze after uh, one bad day. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good enough story to put Mr. Freeze on the uh, freaking shelf for at least two years. Uh, but that's what I got, man. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I didn't... Any, anything to wrap that up before we uh, wind down? 
No, nah, man, I think it was good. It was, you know, it was that, good. It was overall. It was all right. Freaking Batman was, you know, and I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it once we really get kind of more into these new, the organs. Right. Yeah, we got this old, this, this family that's apparently older than the Waynes from Gotham, and we'll see how this plays out. We'll see what really makes these new characters tick. I got to say, man, like it's, I wouldn't trust my own personal opinion about Batman books after Fear State after we've been spoiled for so long. I mean, that was that was that was intense, man. Like every, like like, I'd call you in my in my car from my car reading like you know random ones, and you're like, I just finished it. Like <laughs> yeah, like we we were we were on that man, but um. Not that too much excitement on this one, but like again, uh, they they might be just as exciting. But uh, after that amount of just nonstop Tinian awesomeness, it's still still kind of miss it. I still think Tinian's just uh, set the bar. But uh, uh, as we wind down, did you? Uh, uh, when are you guys planning to go see Ant Man? Uh, man, no, we are able to hopefully this weekend to see what uh, if time you know allows for it. Yeah, I was hoping to. So we'll I'll see what happens. Got like to like to get in there and see what's going on with it. You know, we'll see it before uh, Shazam comes out next month. Yeah. Fury of the Gods. Mandalorian came out today. We'll see how that goes. I'm, I I want to wait until like at least three or four issue or episodes are out before I get into that because I can't deal with like. 45 minutes or 30 minutes of and then just stop like you can't spoil mm-hmm. us like that but I, that's all you got man freaking we've got new era coming up march 11th tickets still available new era of wrestling new era pro wrestling.com uh be there or be square exactly man pay for pay for the whole seat but you'll only need the edge oh, if you miss this you gotta Better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got a new venue. We got some uh, got some big things happening. Freaking, it's going to be a good time. Definitely, if you're in Denver metro area, come check us out. And you get purchase tickets day of the event, or you can get them on Eventbrite. Don't forget, you always get your designer ticket. Um, I'll have those you guys tomorrow, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh... It's your turn, man. All right. This is Minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. By the t-shirts. See you next week.